<laughs> what's going on, everybody? My question is, uh, one, what's going on over there at the World Economic Forum? And also, how did they go from being so afraid of a cough and making everybody wear a mask indoors to having a lady with her face painted cough onto their forehead? I don't know how they got to that point. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. But before we start, for comedic reasons, Edward Russell made this video, and uh, it's worth a play or two. It's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, I'm going to play it one more time because I'm trying to have a good time here before I get into some serious topics. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about Matt Getz just being very gleeful about in his head he thinks he's replacing white women with uh, minorities. He calls them Julios and Jamals, and you know he's getting rid of the Karens. Every Karen we lose, we're picking up a Julio and Jamal, says, uh, I'll just play the clip real quick. This is the blue-collar realignment of the Republican Party, and what I could tell you is like, for every Karen we lose, there's a, there's a Julio and a Jamal ready to sign up for the MAGA movement, and that abodes well for our ability to be no, but uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to listen to Howard Stern's health advice, and then we're going to play this clip of Biden administration, people admitting that they want Trump to win the primary. They think he's an easier candidate to beat. A lot of stuff to talk about should be fun. Hopefully I don't uh, lose my cool as some, as some would say. God bless you guys. Dreamer podcast starts now. It's the Dream Rare Podcast, welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road, let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles, yeah. What's going on, uh, my friends? First, I have to say a prayer, because I don't know what that was at the beginning, that lady coughing on people's foreheads, dressing with like blood on her face or something. You know, to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, please protect me from these demons. Please protect me from the World Economic Forum. And please protect me from Disease X, this uh, hypothetical I ideal, you know, virus that may or may not ever happen or whatever. But um, I don't know what story I want to talk about first. Should we talk about Matt Gitz? gleefully replacing white women in his head and uh it's so wild too I'll, I'll probably do that second i'll do the howard stern one first because it's funnier but um in general he he says uh you know we're every karen we lose we're gonna replace them with a julio and a jamal and then uh i think like daniel horowitz retweets him and they're like yeah we got the brothers lining up and it's like you got the listen i love all people except for really annoying people of every race i'm like the modern day Martin Luther King. What can I say? I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, it's like whether you're all al albino or blacker than the night sky, you know, if you're a good person, God bless you. But, um, you know, they got the whitest people in the Republican Party that like are not that diverse or whatever. And they're like, we got the Jamals and the, and the Julios on our side. And they're like, for sure, we got the brothers lining up. It's like you, you guys know you're going to get absolutely blown out by the black vote like you do every time. Right. Like maybe you'll pick up five percent or something, but they never win the black vote. It's been like 70 years in every election. They're like, we got the Julios and the Jamals and the Jeffries and the Jordans lining up. And you're like, you don't, though. You wear boat shoes. Your parents were politicians and you're like the whitest person I've ever met which is fine. I don't care. I'm not like racially hating on you. It's just like, you're not like the hood is not running to see a Matt Getz show. Like Matt Getz is not lining up, you know, 
it doesn't look like a Kanye Jay-Z concert when he comes to town. Let's just put it that way. This is the blue collar realignment of the Republican Party. And what I could tell you is like for every Karen we lose, there's a there's a Julio and a Jamal ready to sign up for the MAGA movement. And that abodes well for our ability to be more diverse and to be more durable as we head into not only the rest of the primary contests, but also the general election. This is the blue collar realignment of the Republican Party. And what I could tell you is like for every Karen we lose, there's a there's a Julio and a Jamal ready to sign up for the MAGA movement. And that abodes well for our ability to be more diverse and to be more durable as we head into not only the rest of the primary contests, but also the general election. That's the new blue collar movement is replacing white women with black and Hispanic men. That's your that's your big uh, blue collar realignment. That's in your head, by the way, because it's not going to translate to the polls. But um, good luck. Matt Walsh tweeted that out and Matt Walsh said this is indistinguishable from like far left DEI, you know, diversity pitch hires. And it's like, yeah, that's what I've been saying for a couple of years. Matt Walsh gets it. But in general, it's like, what's the point of voting for these people when they're literally just controlled opposition? They're like, yeah, the, the right, the left's replacing you. And then the media is like, that's a conspiracy theory. And then the Democrats are like, no, we're systemically trying to bring different ethnic groups to this country so we can win elections like they'll just come out and say it but like you can't say it and then you have like matt gets with his slick gelled back hair he's a politician his parents were politicians he's been like a he's probably he probably came out of the womb wearing boat shoes like he's so you know diverse or whatever it's like he probably came out as a baby with boat shoes on and the doctor's like how did he get boat shoes on in the womb it's like i don't know because it's but in general it's like and these are the people just like bragging about replacing you but anyway Let's let's cover the Howard Stern thing first because it's funnier to me and I don't feel like getting annoyed. Uh, I'm very easily triggered sometimes. Uh, here's Howard Stern giving health advice and just like constantly talking about how amazing vaccines are and how he doesn't understand why no one wants to get them or people don't want to get them. Yet, mysteriously, he's always being getting really sick. Here it is. Are we going to stop putting up with the idiots in this country? And just say, you now, it's mandatory to get vaccinated. Fuck them. Fuck their freedom. I want my freedom to live. I want to get out of the house already. I got COVID-19. Finally. It's not fair. I know your hero wasn't supposed to get it. But holy shit, did I get it. You know, I, I've, I've made it clear I can't stand seeing people walking around without a mask. It's impossible that I got COVID. I haven't been anywhere. I did go to my mother's, but I wore a mask the entire time. It's I insane. don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. But man, I went through hell. I, I first of all must thank a couple of people. I must thank always mm -hmm. the scientists who developed the COVID vaccine. The people who invented the COVID vaccine. I am so flabbergasted. I turned on the TV last night to watch the Golden Globe Awards a little bit, and there was a commercial begging people to get vaccinated for COVID. They won't get the new vaccine. The new variant is a motherfucker. But we still have people in this country who are anti-vaccine. They're out of their minds. I, Even I guess people who took the other vaccines are like vaccine exhausted. Yeah. It takes two seconds to get vaccinated, which is, thank God I did. Now, this was so bad, this COVID. I've really never been this sick. Really? Yeah, I was just so ill. What a wallop this thing is. I just don't understand it. I've been sitting at my mother's house for three years. I haven't even gone outside. Oi, I mean, I don't get it. I've been wearing a mask, staring at the wall. How did I get sick? 
why do people think sitting indoors with a mask on is a way to like not get sick? Like that sounds like in my opinion, I mean, I'm not a doc. Talk to your local doctor so they don't destroy my entire income and take me off of YouTube. But it's like when I used to just sit inside all day, I used to get sick a lot. And then when I realized like this is in my 20s and I just like sat inside too much, you know, I was broke and I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should like walk around more and like have a life and get out, you know, and then I'm like, oh, I feel better. What do you know? Like walking around and being a human being is better than just rotting inside like a shitty apartment. But he's like, I don't get it, though. I mean, I, I've been sitting here. How did I get it? I've been wearing a mask. I, I didn't even go anywhere. I, I don't know. <laughs> Can somebody help him out? How, how did he get like they told people that like sitting inside and like running away from this virus is like the way to not get sick. So they're like, I've been, I've been rotting indoors for a year. I mean, it's like that. I don't know. Am I even allowed to say that it's like open a window, go for a jog? You <laughs> what a joke. Um, and then Robin's like, you know, I think people, Robin's always been like super cool. Robin, what's her name? Stutters or Robin? I forget what her last name is. Anyway, the lady on uh, Howard Stern, she's like, you know, even people that got vaccinated are just kind of like tired of it. Like he, she's like disagreeing with him. And he's like, yeah, exactly. And she's like, no, I hate you. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, she hates him. So there's Howard. There's health advice from Howard Stern. If anybody for the zero people here that wanted that, I just thought it was like a comedic breakdown um, before I get into more serious topics. So Let's play this clip again. And this is the type of stuff like I'm very reasonable. I'm very analytical. I try to be, you know, I, I, I have emotions too. I'm a human. There's times that I get triggered, but, uh, you know, I try to think strategically and I'm getting to the point where I'm like, does the Republican party need to just like fail and lose and fall flat on their face to, to rebrand and rebuild? Because I, despise what's happening right now. Like I literally think they're controlled opposition. A lot of people think, and this is, you know, up for debate. We'll find out. A lot of people think that they're trying, like Trump was trying, Matt Gates is really trying, and the Republican parties, they're, they're really trying, but they're just getting fooled and tricked and they mistakenly hired 100% of the swamp by mistake. And, you know, Trump hired a Rothschild guy to do banking by a mistake and he doesn't know. And like, that's what you guys think or some people think. I think they're not even trying. I literally think they're there to be like, oh, we're almost there. And then they're like, hey, these people are stupid. They don't even realize we're working with you. Anyway, let's get off the phone. We're trying to fight. Like, I think that's who they are. And Matt Getz is considered one of the better people. He's had good speeches. He tells the truth about omnibus bills. He's a standout, right? His, even though he comes from a family of politicians. So I'm sure he's mastered the art of literally just being a politician, which obviously he has. He's, it's been in his blood since he was born. But with that being said, I've never heard him say something like this. And this makes me not even want to vote for this party at all. I mean, I will locally because I understand how important it is. Uh, nationally, my state literally doesn't matter. I live in California. There's a 0% chance Trump's going to be Biden. But with that being said, it's like he's laughing and basically joyfully being like, listen, for every white woman we lose, we're picking up a black guy and a Hispanic guy. And first of all, there's a lot of reasons that this annoys me. One, it's not even true like for every white woman that trump's losing or maga's losing or the gop's losing you're not getting a black or hispanic guy on your side in fact statistically black men and women on average vote 
historically Democrat for the last 40, 50, 60 years. And every time someone comes along and says, oh, we're, we're winning it back because we found a few people on our side. He calls them what, Jamal's or something. That's pretty demeaning, but whatever. That would be funny to me actually now. I mean, it's messed up, but it's funny in my head. If instead of like calling people, like if he just starts calling everyone Jamal, he's like, here's how we're going to win the black vote. Everyone's name is Jamal now. It's like, there's going to be like 20 people with a MAGA hat putting up with that. And the rest of the black people in the, in the country are going to be like, yo, this guy is such a tool, you know, like Matt it sucks. But like, if that's your outreach, whatever I'm, and I'm not like so sensitive that I I'm not, I'm like triggered by what he said. It's just like, you're not winning this demographic. Maybe you'll get 10% more or 5% more, but you're not winning the black demographic. You haven't in like a hundred years when it comes to Hispanics, there's this idea that Republicans are crushing in the Hispanic department and they're not like on national elections. You have data from like 50, 60 years. Literally, they voted a majority Democrat for a long time and for every he calls him Julio. So I will because it's funny for every Julio that votes for Trump. That is a good person in this country and understands what's going on. There's probably 50 Julios coming across the border getting free stuff from Democrats and they're going to vote for them because it's like a transaction. So it's like you know, in this guy's head, he's like, we're going to replace white women and then complain that liberals are replacing white women and, and we're going to replace them with MAGA hat wearing minorities. And it's like, that's not really happening. You know, it's not like nobody like, yes, millions of black and Hispanic people like Trump. But on average, there's a reason every city is Democrat. Why is every city Democrat? Because every city is is not white. You know, if all white people and Christians and people who went to Matt Gates rallies were in these cities, then they'd probably vote Republican. But cities are extremely diverse. They're the most diverse place in every uh, uh, state. And they're voting Democrat because that's what it does. And, and Democrats know that. And I'm not saying there's good and bad parts of diversity. But like this idea that Trump and conservatives are winning over these demographics, it's just not true. Um, I'm going to play the clip again. And then I have a little more to say about it. This is the blue collar realignment of the Republican Party. And what I could tell you is like for every Karen we lose, there's a there's a Julio and a Jamal ready to sign up for the MAGA movement. And that abodes well for our ability to be more diverse and to be more durable as we head into not only the rest of the primary contests, but also the general election. This is the blue collar realignment of the Republican Party. And what I could tell you is like for every Karen we lose, there's a there's a Julio and a Jamal ready to sign up for the MAGA movement. And that abodes well for our ability to be more diverse and to be more durable as we head into not only the rest of the primary contests, but also the general election. The blue collar realignment is replacing Karen's with Jamal's and Julio's is what he's saying. That's the that's the blue collar realignment that MAGA needs to uh, needs to be really happy for all these like white working class people that like Trump that think like, oh, he's going to make America great again. They're like, no, 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 no. We're going to replace your wife with a minority guy. That's that's our blue collar realignment. It's like it's not even statistically, it's not even true, but just like energetically, it's like, dude, that's, I don't know. It's just very, uh, it's very Democrat light, like whatever they do, Republicans also do a good example of this. To sh and this is, I did a video on this, I think in early 2020 before the lockdown and everything went crazy, but I found these clips of, uh, Laura Ingram and Trump talking about H1B visas and H1B working visas. They bring people from other countries they bring them here on a visa. A lot of times they give them citizenship. And Laura Ingram was arguing that it's not good for the American worker because in America, when you have supply and demand, then American wages can go up. But when you have people that are just flocking in from other countries to undercut people, then a lot of people not just lose their jobs, but they lose their wages. 
And here's just to show you how far the Overton window has uh, swung in America. Before Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders ran for president, I think it was like 2013, 2012, Bernie Sanders went on CNN. And Bernie Sanders was further right wing on this issue than Trump because it's not really a left and right issue. It's like, do you like American workers or do you not? Can you do basic math and economics? Can you not? And even though Bernie Sanders was a quote unquote socialist, he understood that his version of socialism wouldn't work if you undercut the American worker. So what he was saying was we can't do H-1B visas. He goes, it drives wages down. I know people think Bernie Sanders was always a phony. He probably always was. But he actually made sense and was doing things that Republicans want on CNN saying, yes, I'm not hateful of people from other places, but let's focus on the American worker, get them more wages and give them a raise and give them a job instead of importing work from uh, uh, elsewhere. We don't need it right now. It'll undercut the American wages. That's what Bernie Sanders used to say. Trump ran on that policy saying we can't just bring in all these people, right? That's kind of why people voted for him. Then he did all those things, right? Just like Matt Gates sounds like a liberal there. Trump did all the stuff that the liberals want. He went further left than Bernie Sanders was in 2012. And then Laura Ingram was like, hey, why are you doing this? I, I, I don't know where the whole debate is, but I watched it. And then he was like, no, we're only getting the brightest and the smartest and, and we need them. And Laura Ingram's like, that's not true. That's not what's happening with the visa program at all. You're just undercutting American workers. So that's... Uh, that's like the Overton window of politics. It's like, it doesn't even matter that the elites don't really care who wins if people can't figure out what's going on. If you're, if you're chasing a politician instead of looking at what they're doing, you're like a dog chasing their tail. Like it doesn't matter. Trump's going to hire the bankers. One example of this, by the way, is Jamie Dimon came out recently. I think he's JP Morgan or one of these banks, right? He, I think he's the CEO. You look it up, Jamie Dimon. He's like a high level banker. He seems like a really nice guy, right? I'm not going to just act like, oh, just because you're rich and you own a bank, you're a terrible person. He seems very nice. Like I listened to the interview. He seems great, right? He's like, hey, you guys got to stop talking down about MAGA and the working class and people in these flyover places because they're good people. And everyone's retweeting it. And they're like, this is amazing. Like Jamie Dimon's on our side, right? Even Glenn Greenwald, who's highly intelligent, he tweeted, this is incredible because Jamie Dimon used to be the biggest Obama guy, right? He's this big banker. He was super liberal, super pro Obama, like right by Obama's side. Wow, what an incredible shift that somebody of this stature is now coming to the populist side. And I'm thinking to myself, nothing wrong with this because it is what it is. I'm not like hating the guy. He seems really nice. I'm sure we'd get along. I'm just saying this shows me two things that nobody's thinking of. One, he wants a position in the Trump administration. He's probably lobbying for secretary of commerce or treasury or whatever a banker would want some sort of federal reserve position i'm not sure but don't be surprised if you see jamie diamond hired by trump because he's saying nice things about trump and trump supporters even though he did the same thing with obama it's like bankers play both sides you know what i'm saying lobbyists play both sides they want a job right or bankers are not afraid of donald trump donald trump does not scare the banks at all you could look up old uh, articles in New York Times 30 years ago saying that the bank took control of Trump's finances because he had to take so many interest loans to for his properties that they literally took control of all of his stuff. A lot of people say that he's owned and controlled by them and he's just running around doing them favors because they completely have him by the nuts. I don't know if that's true, but I do know they took control of his finances. It's, it's in the press. Not that the press is always right, but you could look it up. Uh, in general, it's like now, who did he hire? Mnuchin, Fed guy. Uh, a, a, Wilbur Ross was, was one of his positions who used to work for a Rothschild company like Trump. 
I'm not knocking the guy completely, but like he's not a threat to the banks. The banks are not afraid of Trump. They don't care who wins. They're the banks. They own the money. You know what I'm saying? They don't care. Like only you think that they care and like you're going to fight the deep state or like it, that's not really what's happening. And it's nothing's ever really going to change that much until people figure out the game. If not, you're just chasing your tail, screaming, what's the solution? What's the solution? I brought this up the other day and it reminds me of this. Me saying stuff about politics and I'm not asking everybody to agree with everything I say, but like the reason I know certain things is I didn't always know this and I learned and I listened and I read and I researched and I'm not just listening to like, you know, influencers say the same three things on loop. And, and the more like data I accumulated, I was like, oh, damn, I was wrong about this. I was wrong. And you start figuring it out. But, you know, I think people view it like a television show where if I told you the ending of Game of Thrones, you'd hate me. If I told you the ending of a movie before you saw it, you'd hate me. Uh, if I told you the results of a WWE match and you're a huge fan because I, I knew somebody who worked for it, you'd hate me. And I understand why people wouldn't like me because I'm ruining the show. But politics decides your future. It's set up like that, but it's not really a show because it's kind of like something you could play along. You could start a business. You're a, a voter. You know, they're spending billions of dollars for your vote, for your mind, for your purchases. Like you're a part of this equation. You're not just watching a movie, but there is a script. So if you have access to the script, you should want it for your kid's future and your kid's kid's future. But when I tell certain things to people, they get really frustrated at me because it's like I'm ruining their show. They'd rather lie to themselves and watch a fake script and play along or pretend like they're playing along than actually know the truth. And it's sad. And that's why nothing really gets done in this country. And, you know, not to get too off topic, because I do want to talk about the Matt Getz thing. But, you know, when I look at the food quality in this country, there's reports now coming out that say that cancer's at an all time high. Of course it is. And I'm not going to say I know where it's coming from because it could be coming from 50 different places because we're doing everything in this country wrong. If I looked at how we're feeding people, if I looked at the ingredients and the soaps and everything and everything we're doing from Operation Warp Speed to this to that to Trump to buy, if I looked at everything we're doing, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, that's like a playbook if you hate the people of your country. This is not a playbook of love. We really are trying to figure out ways to get healthier and better. They locked you inside your house. They told you to sit and wear a mask and not go anywhere. And then they told you to run in line and inject mRNA into your body three times when they had liability shields. And Trump is, you know, buying a bunch of doses and saying that he's the father of it and he deserves more credit than Fauci. Both parties hate you. Trump hates you. Biden hates you. These people don't like you. And clearly people, I'm sorry for being rude, but people in this country don't like themselves enough to stand up for themselves. So it doesn't matter who wins. If you're, if everybody in this country is too fake to even realize the food they're eating, the products they're using, the plastic and everything and its effects. And I'm not saying to go back to glass or everything, but like, you get what I'm saying? It's like this country deserves to fail and it's going to fail. And it doesn't matter who you vote for. If you can't even take care of yourself and like notice things in your own country and notice what they're shooting into your kids when they're born. And like, you, you can't even like take five minutes to figure that stuff out. This is going to keep happening and it deserves to happen. Like what what's wrong with the people in this country? They're too emotional over Trump. They're too emotional over Biden. It's like for 30 years, this country was so great that everyone just assumed that they'd never do really evil things to you, but they were doing evil things. And now that everybody's figuring out that they were doing evil things and they lied about the cereal and they lied about the ingredients and they lied about everything and they lied about the wars, everyone's figuring it out. Now Trump is like this mind frame capture where it's like now hate him or love him and people are just revolving around him and it's not changing anything. The elites are not afraid of Trump. The bankers aren't afraid of Trump. Big Pharma's not afraid of Trump. 
And nobody's afraid of Matt Gaetz. He's literally just a Democrat light. As they're doing stuff to change your future, he's bragging about it, saying, we'll replace you. We'll, we'll pick up one of these guys. And it's like, they won't, though. Like, statistically, they won't. You could try. Just because they go to a rally and there's some people there, it's like, that doesn't mean, on average, you're going to win an election when they shift the demographics. And when they shift the demographics, which they're purposely doing everywhere, they have a strategy. And Matt Gaetz's strategy is like, yeah, that's fine. That's the new working class. That's, we're just going along with it. It's like, thank God people like Matt are not going to be in power in five years. Not that I care about the other side either, but it's like, you know, this guy's days are going to be well gone soon and he's going to be a nothing because he's playing a losing game. Democrats are like strategically playing a winning game. They're like, all right, we get this many people here. Like Texas used to be like 30% victories for Republicans. Now they're five or 4% victories for Republicans. And Matt gets like, we got the Julios and Jamals. And it's like, First of all, that's a stupid, corny, like weird thing to say. But also, no, you're like, no, you're going to lose. And I, I don't care anymore. It's like, I, I, why do I even care about these people? They're literally just standing in the way, pretending to be opposition, working for the opposition. And then anytime somebody comes along that's better than them or more honest than them, they shoot them down. So it's like, who, who even cares? Um, on that note, I want to show you guys on CNN, Biden's team admitted that they want Trump to win because he's easy to beat. And I want you to follow along for the next five minutes, even if you don't want to believe this, because I have proof that Democrats chose people's support for Trump again. Like, I, I, I have the screenshots. Like, from November 2022 to February 2023, I don't care if people just like Trump all of a sudden by their own will. But that's not really what happened. He didn't do anything different. He didn't change his policies. He didn't say anything. He didn't say he learned off his mistakes. The Democrats made a chess move and it drove 50% of the base back into the arms of Trump. And I have the screenshots to prove that just two months before people really weren't feeling him and they were feeling DeSantis. And this is not a DeSantis pitch. I'm just saying the Democrats know what they're doing. They're driving your policy. They're driving Matt Gaetz. They're driving the social narrative. And then everybody's just playing catch up. Uh, here's the clip. Donald Trump's going to be the Republican nominee. You made the point earlier that that the, watch, the Biden campaign watching this tonight, they want this settled. They want to see Donald Trump as the front runner. Yeah, they, they do. They do. Donald Trump, but, Donald Trump has rem remarkable because Biden advisors have gone out and actually said that they want Donald Trump to be the GOP nominee because they feel the greatest level of confidence head to head with him. They can litigate his indictments January 6th. Yeah. These drags that do not resonate in a general election. So they've admitted multiple times on the news that Biden's advisors have publicly admitted that they want Trump to win the primary, right? It's a preference. You got it like somebody's going to go, but he they feel that he's the easiest to beat because they can drive the social narrative. And like even in MAGA circles, like people have been saying the same four things forever. Even when I was like, hey, what do you think about mandates and this? And they're like, we don't care about this because January 6th and it's like, they're they're mind controlled by Trump and the Democrats, like whatever the Democrats tell you to think about, you'll think about for three years and nobody will think for themselves outside of that loop. So they've purposely the Democrats have purposely caught you in this loop. They've purposely elevated him. They purposely want him to win. And then they're purposely going to crack down on their stuff. And it's probably not going to work to arrest him or anything, but it elevates him and makes people go crazy when they know that the talking points that Trump's going to talk about because he's defending himself are not going to resonate with a lot of voters. They're like playing this data game. I just want to show you this real quick because I literally don't care if Trump or DeSantis wins really. Like it doesn't, I think that these people are both essentially puppets, although I do think that DeSantis 
is better at governing and actually like doing stuff. But um, and, and Trump is funnier. Um, let me just show you. This is uh, 20. OK, I guess it was like 2021. So Tim Pool was saying Trump shouldn't run in 2024. DeSantis should. Right. They were doing polls. This is 2022. Uh, November 10th. Everybody. DeSantis was 62 percent in the poll with over 140,000 people. Trump was 35 percent in a Hodge twins poll. Crowder did a poll on the same exact day. DeSantis won about 70 percent to 30 percent. Over 130,000 people voted in that. Right. Every day that I'm showing you right here is November 10th. And then on November 10th, the same day, uh, Tim Pool said Trump crying about DeSantis right now on Truth makes uh, on True Social makes him look weak AF. There's a reason I'm showing you this. I, it's not necessarily because I care about Crowder or Hodge twins. I like the Hodge twins, Crowder, Temple, not so much, but whatever. Um, they, it's like it's almost like a beacon went out on the same day. They're all saying the same thing on the same day. They're putting out polls, and the Republican people that follow them. This flipped four months later, completely flipped. But at that moment, that's when Vivek wrote his book too. Interesting. He wrote a book saying that Trump was a sore loser, like Stacey Abrams. So it's almost like the message was out. Trump's done. You know, he's too old. He's lying about DeSantis. He's jealous. He, he doesn't make sense with COVID anymore. It's not just me that felt this way. I felt this way for two years. Nobody agreed with me. And in November, I'll show you guys again if you want to see, but it was November 10th. Like all the influencers started turning on Trump and we're like, dude, he's he's like lost a step. It's time for him. You know, he had a moment and, and we got to get rid of him. I'm not telling you who to like. I'm just saying it was 70 to 30 percent in a Crowder poll. 60 something to 30 something percent in a Hodge twins poll and major people like Tim Poole were saying Trump step aside. It's DeSantis's turn. This is the interesting part to me psychologically. What changed from then until March 2023? What did Trump do something amazing that made him like, oh, he really learned a lesson from all the things that we're mad at now? No. Did he put a policy forward that was so mind blowingly amazing that everybody wanted to vote for him over DeSantis? No. Did he come out and say, you know what? I did make a few missteps in 2020 and I hired bad people and I hired the swamp and this time I'm going to hire better. No. So what happened that got 70 to 30% polls for DeSantis to swing in the other direction and make 70% of Trump supporters support Trump over DeSantis? What happened? Since it was nothing that Trump did, it was nothing that DeSantis did. What happened that made everybody switch sides? It was the Alvin Bragg arrest. That's literally what happened. The Democrats made a move and they say, we're going to arrest Trump. And then overnight, all these influencers, like they're reading the same exact script. They went from saying DeSantis is better than Trump to saying we need revenge. And I, I interviewed people around that time because I was at this uh, conference. I'm trying to think of what it is called. Um, I don't know. It's some music conference that I go to sometimes that it's like for music equipment. And I did interviews and I just asked people who they preferred. And then also to the side, I was asking people just like people who came up to me and said, Anomaly, I like your stuff. I would just ask them just internal poll, right? Just trying to figure out, read the read the room. Like, who do you like? A lot of people were saying Trump. And I said, I would always ask them why. If they said DeSantis, I'd say why, right? I like Trump more than DeSantis. Why? Uh, I want revenge. I want revenge. It was the only answer I got. Even my friend there, Brian, we had a little debate about it. He wants revenge. Like the narrative kind of came in. Nothing Trump did elevated him in the primary or, or at least the, the people's perception. It was Democrats arresting him and it made a 50% swing. We need revenge. He's being persecuted. He's the guy. He didn't change. He didn't get better. Nothing he said was revolutionary. The Democrats did that. So now 
you have to think to yourself, like I, I listened to Charlie Kirk and RFK, you know, RFK posted something and he said, they're trying to take Trump off the ballot. They're admitting on the news that they want Trump to win. They want him elevated because they think he's easier to beat. Okay. I'm not saying he necessarily is. I do think so. But, uh, People don't people think that Democrats are like so dumb that they didn't know that like they were going to do this and they didn't know that they're admitting publicly. They're like, listen, we're going to elevate him. We want him to win. And then when he wins, we're just going to scramble him around. So he starts talking about other stuff that doesn't resonate with voters. And that's our easy, easiest path to victory. And nobody understands that stuff. I just want to I'm going to show people again because I'm not telling you that like you have to like DeSantis more than Trump. I genuinely don't care. It's just so fascinating to me that people don't realize that their entire perception of who was better between Trump and DeSantis has nothing to do with something that Trump did himself. All of these polls that were in favor for DeSantis, hundreds of thousands of people, Hodgswins, Crowder, Tim Pool, all the major influencers that control the minds of what MAGA thinks because they all listen to these people, they were all massively, massively in favor of DeSantis until the Alvin Bragg arrest. And that alone, nothing Trump said or did, nothing of his own actions, a Democrat chess move created the reaction from Republicans. And that's why, in my view, we're always five steps behind because they're thinking, okay, well, if we shift, and they've said this publicly, by the way, if we shift the demographics of Texas, if we bring enough people in and we have the analytics of like 65% of this demographic votes for us and 35% will vote for Republicans and it you know, you could find the Hispanic demographics. It stays consistent like over time. It could change a little bit, but it hasn't in 50 years. Maybe it will, but I wouldn't count on it. They're like, we'll do this. And then slowly, Texas is turning bluer, 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 bluer. Dallas used to be red. It'll never be red again. Austin used to probably be red at some point. It'll never be red again. Why? Because they're figuring out mathematically how to win elections, even with the ballots and the ballot harvesting. They're figuring out mathematically how to, and what are Republicans doing? They're just reacting. You know, it's like Matt Getz, we're going to do this. So what's what's Matt Getz's response to it? Um, we're, you know, we'll replace the, the Karens too with Jamal's and Julio's. And it's like, you won't though. And also that's a very like demeaning thing. You know, not everybody's trying to be replaced in that way. It's not like, oh, well, you know, Matt Gates, like does Matt Gates live in like a 95% diverse neighborhood? Probably not. Just like LeBron, when he cries about stuff, he probably lives in a non-diverse neighborhood. But uh, that's who the Republican Party is. You know, I just find it interesting as far as like Biden admitting on television or his team that they want Trump to win. And I know this point will be lost in translation. I'm repeating it a lot because I, I don't want like a straw. There's going to be so many straw men. Like, Are you saying this? Are you saying DeSantis? Are you? De no, I'm just saying literally, factually, Trump didn't do anything to make the polls swing 50% on the Republican Party. He got persecuted by the left and that made people want revenge. Like it's that easy. It's literally WWE. It's like, you could look at Trump's administration. I'm not trying to be a broken record, but it's like, listen, I really like the guy. And after everything fell apart, instead of just saying, oh, he got tricked, I started doing more research. And then I figured out he did take money. He said he'd never take money. He took money. The reason his cabinet sucked is not because he got tricked by advisors. He sold out like everybody. If he did what he said on his campaign trail and never took their money because he was so rich, he wouldn't have needed to hire the swamp. But he took the money and hired the swamp like everybody. All the politicians sell out, including him. Okay. You know, then you start looking at all these things with the pharmaceutical stuff and you're like, damn, Trump was just in on it. And I'm just saying at, at November 2022, 
everybody knew that Trump was in on it. Vivek was writing a book making Trump look bad. And now he pretends like, you know, he he learned. He didn't learn. He, Trump just got popular. So he rode that coattails just like Jamie Dimon will, because it's like bankers don't care who wins. They'll, they'll, they'll lobby Trump or Obama. Like, you know, whoever wins, they'll get in their administration. OK, then you move forward. It's like what what changed? It was the left did something to change the perception of the right. It's like the right are like cat with laser pointers. And I'm not saying like the left is much better as far as like their supporters. God knows what they're doing. But this is supposed to be my team, my side. This is supposed to be populism, the the resistance, you know what I'm saying? The opposition to the deep state. Like that's that's why I talk about Republicans more. Because if our team is fake, nothing matters, you know? People are like, why do you talk about Trump and Republicans more than Democrats? Even for two years, I go, listen, there's a reason I talk about Trump more than anyone else. He's the leader of the opposition. I'm not delusional. You think I thought that Trump isn't like number one in people's hearts, especially this last year. That's why I talk about him. He's the leader of the opposition. If your team leader is not working for you, nothing matters. You know, all these people who make content and say the left, the left, the left, the left, they're, they don't matter. They're just, it's just like a theater for you to like get mad at the other side and then like nothing works because your side's not on your team. Strategically, it matters to get your side right and then you can actually beat the left. If you don't get your side right, you're going to end up in a lockdown and Trump's going to be running around selling vaccines for Bill Gates and Democrats. And then everyone's going to act like he didn't do it because they can't even look at reality anymore because they just run circles around him. And then the left does something and they run circles around the narrative. Like the left, it's like they're dog walking you. You know, they're putting you on a leash and being like, here's your new narrative. And you go and you run after and they go, oh, you like DeSantis more than Trump. He's younger and way more strategic and we'll have a hard time beating him because Gen Z and women like him more than Trump. So here's an arrest. And then you go, oh, we want revenge. OK, like the left made you think that, you know, and, and when that happened, it reminded me of January 6th because there's these points where I become wildly unpopular overnight and nobody agrees with me. And it's very lonely. I'm not going to lie. It's very lonely when you're like one of 100 people or one of 50 people that see something that no one else could see. And then you're like the bad guy. Like when January 6th was coming up, you know, Trump, after the election, I wanted him to win. I supported his lawyers. I thought that he would do something in the courts. And I hope that he did. Right. So like I was on Team Trump. I was I wanted him to, to figure out a way to get back in power, you know, legally. Um, so I was on everybody's side. But then it's like, just because I'm on your side, it doesn't mean I'm going to do everything you say. Like, I'm not stupid. You know, I'm not a follower. So it's like, if you're saying similar things, it doesn't mean I'm going to believe everything that Lynn Wood says. Like Lynn Wood was one of those people back then. Uh, he was saying a lot of stuff I just didn't agree with. And it's like, that's how they get you. It's like, you like this, right? Here, listen to all this. And everybody buys everything he said. And I started like curving off with people. And I was like, Something feels off about this because Trump's selling vaccines like you're being led by people running you in circles. And I'm like, I, I don't think the protest that makes the most strategic sense right now to me, it would be trying to end the mandates peacefully and legally because these mandates are here now. And it doesn't even matter if Trump or Biden wins like Trump's here now and all this stuff's going on. So we need to come together to do this. But I believe the elites give you narratives and WWE plots. So you run circles around other things. So you never fix actual things. You don't fix your food supply. You don't fix the pharmaceutical industry. How are you going to fix the pharmaceutical industry when Donald Trump is the biggest pharmaceutical scammer sellout sleazebag of them all? You're not going to fix that stuff. You don't care about your children. You don't even know what you're putting into them when you're born because you don't even think about this stuff. You're so 
selfish and so wrapped around a guy that you don't even know what you're injecting into your own kids because you're at a MAGA rally yelling at people like me for telling you that he's a pharmaceutical scammer because he is. And he knows he's lying, but you guys apparently can't figure it out. So you're just running around his tail. But anyway, it's like I wanted him to win the election, but I didn't understand why people weren't protesting the mandates. And January 6th ended up being a Fed trap and they trapped a lot of uh, anti-mandate protesters at the Fed trap. And now once they trap you, now you can't protest things that actually matter. It's like Trump sucks you in, you get arrested, and he pardons foreign spies and rappers. He doesn't give a shit about you, but you can't figure that out still. People started figuring it out. This is the point that I'm trying to make. I said all this stuff from April 2020 until 2022, and everybody hated me for it. And just like everything, you know, all the people that said I was crazy... For a couple months there, they started saying exactly what I was saying. They were agreeing with me. They were saying stuff I said in 2020, you know, Trump's doing this. And I just showed you the proof that all the major influencers in their audience liked DeSantis more than Trump. And the reason was DeSantis had turned the corner on the COVID stuff. It was happening to our country. And Trump was like a broken record that wasn't making sense. He was just saying jabs at DeSantis that didn't even make any sense. Just like like people were saying, like, what are you jealous or something? Like, you know, they're like, it's you're not making sense. Like he's doing the right thing and you're not even concerned about the right thing. You just want to make him look bad at all costs without even doing better than him. And it's like everyone started to notice. And then once the Alvin Bragg arrest happened, Everyone ran back into his arms and said, we need revenge. We need revenge. The Democrats made you feel that way. And when all that happened, I was like, oh, my gosh, my side is so stupid. It's like for two months, everybody came together and it's like, let's talk about issues that actually matter. And it all takes like a cat with a laser pointer is one arrest story and one little you know, TMZ story. And everyone runs back and, and can't think straight. And it's been two years of people not thinking straight. So whenever this stuff happens, it sucks because it's like, I'm, I'm like alone, but I know I'm right. It's like they, they control you. They know how to move you. And uh, they, of course, want Trump to win the election. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to lose to Biden because he might win. I mean, Biden is a very unlikable candidate. But when it comes to suburban women, they're not winning that like they were in 2016. And they have no concerns with winning. You got people like Matt Getz saying, we'll lose the Karens and we'll pick up the Jamals and Julios. Like they don't even care that they're losing that demographic. They have no plans to get it back. When it comes to the suburbs in general, like a lot of people are tired of Trump. Uh, uh, clearly, these people don't care about their white voters. They just constantly use them and say, oh, we'll, we'll get we'll pick up the minority. Like you won't. You win elections because of the white majority, but you don't even give a shit about them. So the last election, if you look at some of the stats, if Trump would have got as much white people as he did the first time and as much, uh, you know, Republicans, like he lost a lot of Republicans through the stupid crap he did. You know, you that's like 60% of the vote, but they act like it's zero and they run circles around 12% of the vote that they never get. Like they, they, they know they have you in the bag if you're Christian and white. They know you're never going to vote for Biden. So they're just like, they don't care. They're like, let's do a platinum plan. Let's, you know, pass a bill to get people out of jail. Let's send, give everybody money. Like they're doing exactly what the Democrats do, trying to get these votes whatever but i'm just saying and then it's like uh you move forward to now you know they don't have a strategy or plan to get gen z or what they're just like whatever and then if they lose they won't even care if they lose they'll be like oh we got cheated and like there's never anything they could have done better you know there's no self-accountability at all for 2020 everyone just acts like oh we just got tricked and it's like but why though why did you get tricked and then people like tim pool will be like well, you know, a lot of us didn't know in April and May. Well, who knew? 
Like, why not elevate the people who knew? Because the ultimate test of freedom and liberty is when you can go against the grain and keep it. You know, in my view, Thomas Massey should be the leader of the party right now. He passed every test. He passed foreign policy tests. He passed foreign aid tests. He's the only Congress member, in my view, in the Republican Party, not sold out to a foreign country. He's the only one, in my view. And he passed the COVID test. It's not a coincidence. Like people will be like, oh, Thomas Massey just knew. Do you think his IQ is 50 times more than Trump or Matt Getz or anything? No, he just actually cares. It's the same with me. Like I actually care. When Vivek tried to compliment me on the live stream and say, oh, you know, I knew some things before you and you knew some things before me. You know, he tried to flatter me and say, like, you just knew all this stuff three years before I did. And it's like he's trying to flatter me and, and use that for me to stop doing a real interview. But I'm like, I don't believe that. I don't believe that I knew before you. I believe that I cared before you. You cared when it was profitable to care. I cared when it wasn't profitable to care. Thomas Massey always cares. So he does what he thinks is right. There's a reason that he was the only one sounding the alarm on all the COVID stuff. He's the only one that's not sold out. When you look at certain policies, Republicans will pass speech laws for a foreign country. He's the only one who votes against it. It'll be all of Congress and all the Republican Party and Thomas Massey. Do you think that's a coincidence that every single person in the Republican Party wants to pass hate speech rules for a foreign country? People don't even know that this is going on. It is going on. He's the, why is he the only one voting against it? Because he's the only one who actually cares. But as long as people run circles around people who don't care, you get the results of liking people who don't care, you know? And that is the story of the Republican Party. It's like we had three months there from November to like January 2023 to really hold our party accountable before the primary started. Like, okay. Let's nip this in the bud and let these people know that they're not going to win elections. We're going to move on to something else if they fail on the biggest test of liberty and, and capitalism there. And we don't do it because the Democrats do something. We go like laser pointers and everybody does it in unison. Every influencer, every person, they all say it. So everybody thinks that they're right. And then I say something else and it's like this shocking, like, oh, you're just trying to be a contrarian. I'm just not a follower. I'm really not. I wish I came to the same conclusion as them so I could be like, yeah, we need revenge. Let's let one thing completely shift our mindset for the next three years and totally ignore what happened for the last three years. Like it doesn't make any sense. And then all of these people, not trying to be a dick, but you start to notice this stuff. They, they just say the same three things on loop and no one ever challenges them. And what they're saying gets so dumb that like even five seconds of thinking, you can debunk what they're saying. Like Julius did, I, I mentioned him, but I, I follow him on Twitter, friend of mine today with Julius. He made the point when Tim, the reason he was trying to like, oh, forget about that COVID stuff. Like he said, like it's Trump derangement syndrome, which it's not. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But then he goes, you know, it, why are we going to talk about something that happened like three or four years ago? So are you going to talk about things that happened three years ago with Biden? Of course you are. You know what I'm saying? Like the economy is starting to go back up, but for a while it was going down. Uh, it's because of the COVID stuff. It has nothing to do with Trump or Biden. It happened all over the world. I know Republicans want to tell you that the inflation happened because of Biden. It's not true. Every country in the world experienced inflation because they all printed money and locked down under COVID. You can't print money, lock down and expect an economy to thrive. Trump is just as complicit as Biden, but whatever. You know, they'll say these things and they'll be like, don't, don't, don't talk about things two years ago. It's in the past, bro. Your whole show, like, what are you only going to talk about things happening this second? No, you, you, you're reviewing wars and Hey, let's not talk. Imagine he said, let's not talk about the Ukraine war. Uh, because like it started in 2021 and you know, like, I mean, we haven't given money to Zelensky in three months and that's in the past. Like 
everything's a review. Trump's running for president. What do you base Trump's, you know, presidency chance on? Like he was there for four years. So of course you're going to go over what he did. You know, DeSantis is running. You're going over his career. I mean, you should be going over his career. It's like, who has he been the last four years? What has he done over his career? Biden, what has he done over these three years? I don't want to vote for him. You're not just looking at today. You're looking at their entire career and especially the last four years. And if someone was the president, of course, you're going to go back to when they were the president four years ago. So it's like his lot, like this is what's going on. I think in Republican media, they all hang out with each other. They all go on each other's podcast. They all go to Turning Point USA. They all get sponsored by the same couple of companies that the Trump family's invested in. And they all just like circle each other. And they're like, this is makes sense because we're all saying it. And, and then the audience goes, yeah, this makes sense. They're all saying it. it's like, it doesn't make sense. You know, I don't care that you want revenge with Trump, but consider the fact that the Democrats made one move and swung how you feel 50% overnight and you have don't have a critical thought about it. I, that's the first thing I thought was like, oh, oh my, it's the same with like the January 6th thing. It's like everybody was talking about mandates and stuff and, and oh, we need to come together and this is so tyrannical because it was happening all 2020. And then the second the Trump thing happened, I'm not saying not to care about it, but it's like a it's like a mind suck where like now everyone's entire life it revolves around that like they know how to suck you in it's like make that a part of your pie chart right worry about the election for sure it's important but it's your whole pie chart it's your whole life it's your whole identity they know how to do that so then like everyone's running towards January 6 and I'm thinking to myself Trump's selling vaccines like that was the number one red flag that made me not want to go to January 6th. I'll, I always tell this story because I want people to know why I didn't follow everybody, because I guarantee you guys, if I would have went to January 6th, I guarantee they would have charged me. Even if I did nothing, they would have tried to charge me. I'm almost positive of it. So like my I wouldn't have stopped what I'm doing. I'm not a, I'm not a coward, but like my career would have taken like a two to three year halt because I guarantee you that the feds would have tried to overcharge me for whatever I did, even if I just stood there, um, you know? So in general, it's like, why didn't I go? When everyone said, go, 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 come, 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 it's important. I just, there were too many red flags where I'm like, I don't want to go. The major one was Trump selling vaccines. Since I was 17 years old, I've been skeptical of the pharmaceutical industry and I've been well-educated on it and well-researched. And if Trump was who he was in 2020, in 2016 or 2017 or 2018, I never would have trusted him. I never would have liked him as much as I did. I didn't change on that topic. He did. That's an important topic to me. I think it's the root level topic. It's the first thing they inject into your baby. They're trying to shove it down all these kids' throats. It's the number one source of why people are dying. They're dying over pharmaceutical overdoses. You can't tell me that it's not an important topic when it's killing more Americans than foreign wars are. So it's one of the, if not the most important topic to me. And it has been since I was 17 years old because I've always seen through this stuff. But in general, now he's on Twitter just saying Moderna, Moderna, Moderna. If people watched me from November to December to January, I like Trump. I wanted him to win. I was hoping he could pull a rabbit out of a hat or something. But in general, I'm like, I called him Grandpa Moderna. I'm like, I'm not going to a vaccine rally. Like, I'm not inspired to go. Thank God I saw that red flag. I don't want to get into everything else because I've told the story before. But it's like, I see these red flags. Everyone gets mad at me. I end up being right. Everyone ends up getting set up. And like the whole Republican Party is like a giant Fed trap. They're probably going to trap you again. When you listen to the rhetoric of Vivek on stage with Trump, my friend pointed this out and I started seeing clips. 
It's like Fed trap rhetoric. 1776. It's like, bro, you were a pharmaceutical CEO flying over to China a couple of years ago. You wrote Trump was a sore loser. You said you cried on January 6th. He literally said he cried on January 6th. Now he's George Washington leading the army to the revolution. It's probably a giant Fed trap. It's like, you know, the whole movement's a Fed trap. You're following the King Fed, Donald Trump, who literally led you the first time, who sells pharmaceuticals, who hires Rothschild bankers, you know, and, and you're fighting. You're not, it's, it's like a cosplay role play controlled opposition cult at this point where nobody could see through it and they just keep making mistakes tripping over their own feet and then they play the victim it's like you're not the victim to to an election that trump threw away when he locked down printed trillions of dollars and shook hands with phil murphy and gavin newsom like when all this stuff's going on i see trump on tv shaking hands with phil murphy and gavin newsom saying they're you're doing a great job Literally, he's telling Gavin Newsom he's doing a fantastic job as Gavin Newsom's locking down the country like a dictator. Trump's not on our side. Like, I'm watching him walk, lock down California, and Trump's like, yeah, I'm giving him ventilators. We're really working together. And it's like, he doesn't care. So, you know, that's how I feel about the Alvin Bragg arrest. I think the Democrats know it's going to elevate them. I know that they know that it's going to control your brain. And now you don't think about anything more. That's exactly what happened. It swung the polls 60 points. It creates this narrative for three years and they're not going to arrest Trump and they're not going to kick him off the ballots and he's not going to not be able to win the election. He's going to win the Republican primary. They admitted on the news that they want him to win the primary. And they know that he's easy to beat because he talks only to his base. And most people, even like, there's like millions of people like myself that loved him so much in 2018, 2019. Like, you know, I was talking to my buddy. He's like, I used to listen to Trump's speeches for like hours falling asleep. Like I used to listen to every Trump speech for an hour. Like now I can't even listen to him for five minutes. He's not the same person he was a couple years ago. The energy's not the same. The message isn't the same. He's like totally different. And how are you going to win the election? With what? They, they probably know that he can't, but I hope he, maybe he can because Biden sucks. I don't know. I just like everything everyone does now. Like I just scroll through social media and it's like, it's just like this loop. It doesn't make any sense to me. Let me know what you guys think. I'm going to read a few comments. Uh, you know, while I read a few comments, I'll play this video again because it's hilarious. And then uh, we'll keep it moving. <laughs> No Yuyua, now I want Shinavo Punk and Tushina Shavaki, Shinamu Kikirani, Tan Shavakirani, Tanima Kikirani. I want my woman, I want my woman. No, my woman, why? Why should I? All right, thank you, Lord and Jesus, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, protect, protect my audience from those demons that are, uh, you know, flocking around at the World Economic Forum. We laugh at them, but we do not, we do not let them uh, infiltrate. God knows what they're doing over there. Oh yeah, unless unless anyone says something, I uh, I listened to Javier Mali's full speech. He did a speech at the World Economic Forum. They translated it with AI, uh, which is a little creepy, but it's better than a translator. Um, 
it was a good speech. Like I'm not a full libertarian for those who are wondering, like I'm somewhat libertarian, but I'm also like somewhat Christian and conservative. And I don't know if I would call myself liberal now. I mean, these are all just like titles. Like what does it mean to be liberal? It used to mean that you believed in like free speech now means you wear a mask. So like, you know, you could pick all these uh, titles, but it's like, I don't know what they even mean anymore. I, I thought liberal used to mean something else. Clearly it doesn't. Conservative, I'm not even sure what it means anymore because most conservatives don't even seem conservative. So, you know, um, call me what you want, but I do think libertarians are right about a lot of stuff, but I'm not a full-blown libertarian. So I listen to Javier Malice's speech. I am also, I'm probably more Christian and conservative than most libertarians are. And I don't, I, I, I don't think that, I think libertarianism would work depending on the population, but I, I, I do believe in, um, you know, this is a, I wouldn't even say a theory, but a, a point that I would make that most libertarians wouldn't make. Um, if you have a population, a city of a hundred percent moral people, right? Moral people, not criminals, not thieves, religious, stick to it. You don't need police. Like libertarianism would work in a moral society you could have a society of moral people and zero police is better than a society of immoral people with a million police like you could over police like at, at this point libertarianism does not work in south side of chicago you would need extreme policing to turn that into a successful area but if the people there acted right you wouldn't even need that many police so you know i think that uh personally libertarianism a lot of the values are good i i agree with the free market in many ways and such and i'm i'm more libertarian than most conservatives but i'm not a complete libertarian because i i do think that the people matter more and like this idea that like the border can be open and, and anything works if you vote for republicans like i don't believe so i subscribe to the method that even though there's a lot of democrat neighborhoods in vermont that they're very safe because of the people there and then when the people there start committing crimes and stabbing each other, it doesn't matter. Like in London, they're having more stabbings, et cetera. Um, they need to crack down on, on, on crime, but say 50 years ago, when you don't have people that want to stab everybody all the time, you don't need that many police. You know, like there's towns now that you could over-police them to make them safer, but 30 years ago, you didn't need to over-police them because the people there didn't do the crime. So I'm kind of libertarian, but I do believe that, you know, us in my view, like, even like Sweden, it's like Sweden socialist, but at the same time, they opened during COVID, they didn't lock down. And also Sweden would be safer than a capitalist country with shitty people in it if the people there don't commit crime. So I, I, I don't think libertarianism is a one size fits all solution. I'm not anti-police. I'm not anarchist. I do think that police serve a purpose, especially like in uh, an area where you uh you know people aren't acting right the only solution then is to over police i don't think libertarianism fixes the hood areas in this country or the high crime areas it certainly would not have fixed el salvador el salvador was not fixed by libertarianism it was fixed by heavy heavy policing mixed with libertarian economic policy so that like what the el salvador guy did it's like heavy heavy policing more moral policing heavily and then you can like have free market ideas but the free market in my view doesn't completely work without that. But with that being said, um, I listen to Javier Mali, who's the Argentinian libertarian guy, well, Zionist libertarian. So we'll see if he can keep his libertarianism. But anyway, he spoke at the World Economic Forum and the speech was good. I thought it was a great speech for libertarians. It sounded like, in my view, a high school speech of somebody that was super libertarian explaining how free markets worked and how socialism isn't necessary. And he even said nationalism isn't necessary, which I also don't agree with. But 
I would say it was an A plus speech for libertarians. To me, it's like a B. You know, I thought it was pretty solid. I agree with David Icke's breakdown on it. David Icke wrote this huge paragraph about why he thought that Javier Mali was not, uh, um, you know, was not a threat to the elites and his speech was not necessarily that profound. You know, I don't agree with everything he said, but that that whole like paragraph, if you could find it on Twitter that David Icke wrote, I kind of subscribe to that mentality. Like it's a good speech, but I, I don't think that he's really that, uh, you know, that big of a threat to the to the World Economic Forum because like that sort of libertarianism is like open borders libertarian. And I know he's not full blown open borders, but he's like, you know, nationalism doesn't matter. And it's like, I don't think the principles of libertarianism just work randomly. Like if you don't establish a group of people with a set morals and a set, you know, understanding, like it's, it, it's not going to work. Like, I don't think that Javier Mali could go to, you know, really high crime areas and fix it with libertarianism. Like, it, I don't think it works. And, you know, this idea that, nations don't have to like come together under like i also completely disagree with that tremendously like, i think that's part of the reason america's falling apart is because there's not that much that really brings us together and the things that traditionally used to bring us together like nationalism the flag you know uh, assimilating you come from italy you assimilate you come from india you assimilate all three of my grand grandparents they assimilated and they became americans they left their nationality behind for this nationality like that how are you going to do libertarianism without nationalism i don't i don't see that working i think that um that is the threat to globalism is is a, is a nation that likes themselves and doesn't just allow you know foreign people to decide what they do and don't do but let me read a few someone said anomaly interview me and i'll unveil where the world is headed are you really thomas Sowell or are you just a thomas Sowell account i don't know Someone said divide and conquer all by design. I'm interested to see what Malie does of Argentina, though. I, I hear you, Marla. I'm, you know, let's see what he does. He's got what four years, two years, eight years. I don't know what it is in Argentina, but Argentina. I don't hate the guy. I just I'm not like sold on him. But let's see what he does. You know, give him some time. Someone said, "Is this a Trump deranged hangout now?" No, it's a critical thinking hangout of people who are not the other side, like. This is the psychology of, I looked at some woman, she was like a Biden woman or something. And she, I, I don't know, Jojo from Jers, I think her name is on Twitter. She posted this thing. She was like, someone said, what does Biden smell like? And she goes, he smells like warm cocoa and my, you know, like it was like the most cringe thing ever. Like he smells like the fruit of a thousand marshmallows roasting over and over. Like she's like obsessed with Biden because she just hates Trump, right? And all the people are laughing at her tweet because it's like, oh my gosh, like Joe Biden smells that good. Like maybe he just had like cologne on or something. But anyway, everyone's laughing at that tweet, rightfully so. It's ridiculous, but possibly true. I don't know. But that's what, that's like the two sides of the same coin. It's like the Trump worshipers that hate and make fun of her are exactly the same. If they met Trump, they'll be like, oh my gosh, she was handing out pizza pies to the, uh, for a photo. It's like both sides are emotionally deranged over the guy. This is a space for people who could think critically about concepts because the elites do hundred year plans. The elites are not abandoning nationalism. The elites are not abandoning their ethnic, like th they're playing a certain game. And if you're not studying, like you're going to lose. And I'm not, I don't feel bad for you. Like, I don't believe in like, oh, you deserve to win just cause like, no, if you're not good at what you do, you're going to lose just like a sports team. You know, that's how the world works. So I'm just, we're studying patterns five layer deeper than Trump or Biden. It's like, who do I want to win the election? Someone said like what in the primary I'm 
humble enough to know that my opinion doesn't matter. Like, who do I want to win the Republican Party? It doesn't matter. Trump's going to win. So, like, why should I even, like, if, if I could choose out of anybody that's not running, Thomas Massey, I think he'd make the perfect president or the best. I think he's the best congressman since Ron Paul. Who do I want to win out of Trump, DeSantis, and Nikki Haley? Uh, not Nikki Haley. Um, Trump and DeSantis, to me, are exactly, I don't know. I think DeSantis uh, governs better than Trump, but he's sold out to a foreign country, and he's like obsessed with passing speech laws and criminal laws for them, and I don't, I don't like that. So he, I don't care what happens to him. With Trump, he does the same thing. He just pretends to not, and then... He doesn't actually like govern as good as DeSantis. Like DeSantis hires good people. He governs good. Trump doesn't do any of those things. So part of me wishes DeSantis would be Trump. But honestly, I, I don't care enough to really push the narrative at this point. Um, but my favorite, this is what I would say. If DeSantis won, which he's not going to, so it doesn't matter. If DeSantis won, it would be good because people don't like DeSantis. And like not obsessing over your politician is good because they're not who you want them to be. DeSantis is not perfect. Trump is not perfect. And it's not even that they're just not perfect. They're just, they're not who people think they are or they're not doing what people think they're doing. So if you don't like the person and you're, you're willing to like scrutinize them, then that's actually healthy because then you can kind of influence policy. So say like DeSantis passes a speech law and Trump passes the same speech law. It literally happens. Everybody talks about DeSantis doing it because they don't like DeSantis. Vivek talked about it. He never mentioned the fact that Trump passed the same executive order because he needed to ride Trump's coattails into power. You know, all the influencers start noticing it. With Trump, everyone's delusional. Trump is the perfect candidate. It's like the left loses their mind. The right loses their mind. The left doesn't care what he does. The right doesn't care what he does. If he does something great, the left gets mad. The right cheers. If he does something bad, the left points out the right. Like Trump's the perfect puppet to make everybody lose their minds and then nothing matters. No policy, not the food you're eating. It all revolves around him. So, you know, in, in many ways, I'd rather DeSantis beat Trump if I could choose out of the candidates now, simply for the fact that Republicans would actually pay attention to what he does and not make excuses for it. Like if DeSantis passed a, you know, a George Floyd policing bill that like may, you know, like discriminated against white people or something. I'm just talking out my ass, but like, say he did that. Everyone would be like, DeSantis sucks. That's uh, that sucks. But if Trump did it, everyone would be like, oh, he has a plan. He wants to win over their votes. It's a secret plan. You know, if DeSantis did a meeting with Bill Gates and then passed the universal flu executive order, everyone would be like, oh, DeSantis sold out to Bill Gates. If Trump did it, which he literally did, no one cares. You won't find a single conservative reporter that'll even report on it. They're acting like it doesn't even exist. You get what I'm saying? Trump is is not a threat to the elites because he makes the right useless. Literally, like no one. And then people say, "What's your solution to care about these things?" They can't sell it if you buy if you don't buy it. But everybody buys it, so they're going to keep selling it. There's a reason Rubio endorsed Trump and Ted Cruz endorsed Trump and the bankers are being nice to Trump because he has a heavy chance of winning the next election. It's going to be like a 50-50 election where it could go either way. It's probably going to come down to like Pennsylvania and it's going to take five days to count and Biden will probably win and Trump will probably freak out and Vivek will say 1776. Like people don't think it's a red flag that a guy who said he cried over January 6th is now screaming 1776. Dude, it, it would be so easy to like Andy Kaufman-esque trick either side at this point because they're so generic and the, and the, and the, I would say like the requirements are so low, you know, like it, it would be so easy to just figure out like a man is not a woman. 
And everyone's like, yeah, you know, like just pretend to be that, get in power and then do it's like the bankers are like, you know, when Obama's in, they're like, yeah, liberal. And then Trump's getting they're like, yeah, you know, be nice to those people in Idaho. Like they, you know, s smart people that are not moral or ethical, they know how to play both sides. It's like they don't, you know, they're, they're not going to put their whole stake. Like, do you think at this point, and I know that they're like, it would be cool, like if someone was real or something, but like, do you think they're going to, if there's an election, they're going to risk losing everything if one of the side wins when they could literally just lobby both sides, you know? Look at the money that they get. Like if Trump beats Biden or Biden beats Trump, watch the money at the inauguration. That's when they just bribed the politicians. Trump said he never took anyone's money. It, he might, it might have been true for a while. Then once he won, he took money from the inauguration. He took a hundred million plus dollars from corporations. And then once people stopped paying attention, he started taking money from mega donors and, and, and CEOs. Like he said, he wouldn't take money from like they know once Trump wins, they hedge their bets. You know, they're like, oh, Trump won. All right, let's all, let's pay him off. And then they do. And he takes the money <laughs> like that literally happened. Um, someone said with a super chat, do I think America and Europe can defeat the clergy plan, the heart seller act and the coward cloward? You said coward Pippin, but I think it's cloward Pippin strategy being to destroy white Christian nations. I've never heard of the Heart Seller Act. I'd have to look it up. The Cloward Piven strategy, I think I've heard of. Um, do I think America and Europe can defeat that? Uh, I mean, it's kind of like a loaded question in my opinion. But to me, I think that anything is possible. It's just like, it, you know, people decide the future. Like, it, is there a way that the Roman Empire could have not fallen? Probably. Is there a way that like, you know, Istanbul could have been Constantinople or vice versa? Like, you know, this all comes down to decisions and people's actions. And I I mean, I'm not I'm not a pessimistic person. Like I don't sit and say, oh, I'm screwed. Like we're done. You know, nothing can happen good for me. I'm like, I don't think that way. But it's like it, it depends if people figure stuff out. Like, um, you know, with on the topic of what you were saying, like with Russia, I'm not saying Russia's your best friend. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying they like you. They probably don't. And I, I'm not saying Putin's like a stand-up guy. He might not be. I don't. I have no idea. But what I am saying is I hear what you're saying, and I think that when it comes to Russia, like they hate a nation that's Christian that won't bow down. You know that won't that won't do what they want them to do. That won't let in NGOs. That won't push like anti-Christ agenda in their countries. And they puppet Western nations to go fight other people like to me the ukraine uh russia thing is like a is like a proxy war turning two countries against each other getting them to kill each other over what 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 are they gonna accomplish like what does ukraine want can they beat russia like why what do they want to do with russia they want to replace putin with what rachel levine like everyone's like oh he needs to get out for who you know if if he loses to some other person they're just gonna turn russia into san francisco why does russia have to be like san francisco can't one christian nation that's a majority white just not be like every other european country like it's like you know the powers that be they just like can't allow that to happen or something or they want every country like that to do a certain thing i don't i would say that uh i'm not a pessimistic person but right now i don't think that people want to figure stuff out and if they don't want to figure stuff out then they're going to lose because smart people are thinking 50 years ahead smart people are doing data analytics smart people are crunching numbers smart people are learning about demographics smart people understand they're they're, they're reading history real history and figure it out 
and dumb people aren't. So it's like, as far as America and Europe, it's like, right now, I would say it doesn't look too promising, but you would, you would hope that people could like, you know, figure stuff out over the course of five, 10 years. But right now it doesn't look super, super promising, but I'm not, I don't like give up or anything. It's just my only message is everything happens for a reason and we're not the victim, right? Christians are not the victim. White people are not the victim. America's not the victim. Europe's not the victim. Whatever you think's going on or whatever is going on, like everything happens for a reason. And if Christians and America and, and people don't want to figure it out and they can't figure it out and they just keep following Trump or someone around in circles, then you don't deserve to win. You know, it's like you're in 50 years, your argument is going to be the same argument of Native Americans that you're like, well, you know, we do care about you, but you lost the war. That's going to be you. You know what I'm saying? And no one's going to give a shit about what you say. It's like there's people that are Native Americans that their family was here before. And what do they do? They get, you know, at least they get casinos. You, you know, white people are probably not going to get any casinos. But in general, it's like they have a story of being here before, you know, Spaniards and, and, and you know, Caucasians came here. And they just got a casino and a reservation. Uh, you know, that it's like people don't, they at one point got conquered. And now that the country's filled with a majority of people who don't necessarily care and are not in a rush to give them their stuff back, right? If you look at a lot of the names of stuff in California, it's Hispanic names, which makes me believe that Hispanic people probably controlled it at a certain point, you know? Los Angeles, San Diego, like these are all Hispanic. Everything's named after Hispanics. What happened? I don't know, Caucasians got here and somehow took it over, possibly morally, possibly not. You know, I would like to think that it was moral and better. That's what a lot of people think, but say it's horrible or whatever. Whatever it is, no one, not a no one, but like most people don't care. It's America now. This is the new nation. That's going to be you in 50 years. And it's like, I'm not, I, I'm not going to play the victim. I'm not going to be like, oh, we lost everything. It's like, we deserve to lose. Like smarter and more strategic people, although it was not moral, I'm not, making excuses for what they're doing, but you have all the tools in the book to figure this stuff out. But if you don't want to, and you want to be super liberal, or you want to run circles around Donald Trump, you deserve to fail. You deserve to lose. And you can't cry just like no one else can cry. Nobody wants to hear other cultures cry about what happened 300 years ago. And they're not going to want to hear you cry about how, you know, this country used to be safe and nice and look like you, like no one's going to care. So it's like, you know, now is the time to figure this stuff out. Millions of people have, but you know, a lot of people, they don't want to learn. So it's like, you're going to lose. You know, if, if your party is filled with Matt Getz and Donald Trump telling you that they're going to do all these, like you're going to lose. It's not even like debatable and you should lose. You know, you're not, you're not playing a winning game. It's like Matt Gates, like we're going to replace Karen's with Julio's and they're not voting for you, Matt Getz. You look like a, a guy who was born with boat shoes. Like you're not, you're not like, you're not as popular at the barbecues as you think you are. I'm sure you're invited to some, but it's like you're not getting the black vote. You're not even getting a majority of the Hispanic vote. Democrats know this. They're going to control everything soon and you're never going to win an election again. And then your days of the slick back hair, making documentaries about yourself, pretending to do something with the Speaker of the House when you literally just got a worse guy there who hates us, you know, and cares more about a foreign country than us. Like you didn't do anything. So it's like he's going to be out of power and I could care less. I don't, you know, at a certain point, um, Everything happens for a reason. So you would like to think that uh, people could figure stuff out. But, uh, you know, that's where Trump is so fascinating, because in one way they hate him, quote unquote, for many reasons. 
hating him is profitable. The left-right narrative creates a cash cow and a false paradigm. So it's like hard to tell if they even really hate him. But also it takes people's mind off of things that really matter. You know what I'm saying? Like whether you like Trump or hate Trump, he's one guy. You know, he didn't do everything wrong and he didn't do every. He's one person and he's one president and he may or may not win. And this is not me hating on him. This is just like in some ways defending him. He like when when he's the universe, everyone else laughs. The bankers don't care. The pharmaceutical industry doesn't care. The like no one cares because he's like the fall guy, you know, like Trump's like the fall guy. He's the hero or the villain. He's like the character. You go out there, you know, put on your little clown act, which is what Trump is. I, I had this uh, um, compilation. I don't think I uploaded it. I think I might real quick because uh, I want to show it to you. It's Trump complimenting Nikki Haley like a hundred times. And it's pretty funny because it's like, you know, all these bad things he says about Nikki Haley. Now he hired her like everybody Trump hired. He like he hires them. He says a thousand nice things about them. He gives them power. He lets them do whatever they want. And then all of a sudden, like it's like circus, like, oh, no, I made a mistake, Patriots. And everyone's like, like, they don't care if you like Trump or hate Trump. He's the perfect character, in my view, to just waste people's time. You have to figure out the food you're eating, the water you're drinking, why everyone has cancer, why they were able to lock down under Donald Trump, how much money he took from the industries, why the banks are not threatened by him, why he worked for the pharmaceutical industry, why like why the foreign policy never really changes that much. Like if you guys can't figure this stuff out, there are smart people out there thinking chess. It's the same way like the people who came to America were playing chess and the natives were playing checkers. I'm not saying the natives were bad people, but chess beats checkers. And over time, they conquered the Native Americans because they were thinking, and, and there was probably some native guy trying to tell them, yo, they're going to do this. And they probably didn't care. You know, so it's like, that's what it is now. Like there are races and religions and cultures and groups of people and, and political parties that are thinking chess. I'm sorry, but MAGA is not playing chess. They're not playing chess. They're playing checkers, you know? Um, in many ways, I would think that Europe has a better chance than America just because like, you know, a lot of their culture and their nation is intact. Like when you watch a, oh, sorry, hopefully it doesn't freeze. When you watch like a soccer game, you know, Sp Spanish people vote for Spain. They love, like they love their nation. Like America, nobody really like roots that hard for America. Like they don't care. People do, conservatives do, but the national pride in Europe is still extreme. You know, like when Italy's in the world cup, Dude, they'll start like a stampede and kill like 100 people by mistake because they're like cheering for a soccer goal. I mean, it's not like the greatest thing in the world. Obviously, that's horrible. But I'm just saying like they they might have a better chance than America. I, I have no idea. I, I would like to think that this is like a really great nation that could turn around. But people got to like snap out of their worship of a guy and start learning the game. Once you learn the game, they can't do it to you anymore because people always say like, oh, you sound pessimistic. What's your solution? I'm optimistic. But like if you're caught in a pinball machine and they're just slapping you against the bumpers, like the left and the right and the Trump and the Biden and the Haley, you're, 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 that's just going to keep happening. The second it all stops is when you figure it out that they're just slapping you between the bumpers. Like that is the solution. Once people figure this out, that's when you could shift culture back in the right direction. It's starting to happen already, like naturally because of all the problems. But, you know, like that's the, that's how you save yourself five or 10 years. It's not tripping over your feet, thinking a guy that's not going to do what you think he's going to do is going to do like he, he not only is he not going to do it, but he probably can't do it. You know, this is a game where you're a part of the game. You're not a spectator. It's not Game of Thrones where you're just watching. You have the ability to be a part of the game. So I think that, um, you know,
in many ways, Trump inspired a lot of people. And in many ways, he caught, he, he made a lot of people stuck. But real quick, I just wanted to do something. So I wanted to play this clip. Nikki Haley posted this on her Twitter. These are all the times that Trump uh, complimented her because he hired her. And I don't like Nikki Haley. I've, I've uh, always kind of like listened to her and knew who she really was. But, you know, this is worth listening to because once you see it this way, and I don't care if people agree, but um, it's, it's like a circus game. Like, I like you. You're the best. You're great. You're respectful. You're amazing. You're awesome. Here, you can do what you want to do with the country. Oh, oh no, you're bad now. I didn't know. You know, like that's how I see it. I don't see it as like, oh, he made a mistake. Like he's just a clown. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, I watched Cirque du Soleil. I went to Vegas. I did a show out there and I went to watch Cirque du Soleil. It's very weird. I, I don't know if I'd see it again, but it was interesting. Anyway, there's a clown there, right? And the clown, their job is to just like entertain the people. Like the clown's like doing funny things, like walking around and everyone's looking at the clown. You know, that, like that's what clowns are. They like, just like distract you. They're like, look, you know, 15 minutes, everybody's coming in. They're like, we don't want to bore people for 15 minutes. Let's, let's let the clown just like do little tricks and stuff, you know, like, Oh, he's good. Or he's bad. Or they like hit each other on the head and like, where did that come from? And it's right behind, they know it's behind them. It's all a script. They're, they're like scripted clowns, you know, but it's like, Oh, I hired her, but I just didn't know. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know who anyone was. I hired them all. I gave them all power. I printed the money. I worked for pharmaceutical companies, but I didn't know. It's like they know. They're not getting fooled. You're getting fooled. Hold on. I like Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Mm. I think Nikki's going to do a good job. Great job. And I want to also thank your former governor, Nikki Haley, who's doing an awfully good job for us. She's representing America very well as our ambassador to the United Nations. She is doing a spectacular job. She has just been really great. Nikki Haley is doing a great job. I want to thank Ambassador Nikki Haley for her outstanding leadership and for acting as my personal envoy on the Security Council. She's doing a good job. Where's our Nikki? Ambassador Nikki Haley, who is so incredible. And Nikki Haley did a great job. I like the message that Nikki sent yesterday at the United Nations. So, Nikki, that was the right message that you and I agreed to be sent yesterday. Thanks to the leadership of UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, we've reduced the United Nations spending by $1.3 billion, saving U.S. taxpayers $350 million. I want to express my deep gratitude to Ambassador Haley for her outstanding leadership. Nikki Haley, ambassador to the United Nations, has been very special to me. She's done an incredible job. She's a fantastic person, very importantly, but she also is somebody that gets it. Nikki Haley, ambassador, she's doing fantastically well. Nikki Haley, so many people have such respect for the job you're doing. And on behalf of the United States, I'd like to toast you and I'd like to toast the United Nations. Thank you very much. So hold on one second. I'll try to put the chat back up. She posted that on her Twitter and I just thought it was funny because I like it's like that's people caught in like the Trump world. They don't realize how dumb he looks to people outside where like I liked him for a long time. Obviously, 2020 kind of woke me up. And I don't think he's the same person. But like now when you go back on it, there's so many clips of like him being like, oh, this person's great. This like it's it's just like kind of 
super goofy, you know, like there's like a hundred people like that. It's like every, literally everyone he hired. <laughs> it's just funny. Um, I'm not going to read the inappropriate comments. Let's see. Look up the meaning of MAGA in Latin. Isn't MAGA, I mean, I understand it's just an acronym, but isn't MAGA also like a satanic temple? Like it's one of the stages. Let me see. Latin to English. I'll look it up right now because now this show's about you. It's not about me, Patriots. It's about you. But seriously, I, I'm out of material. Let me see. MAGA. What does it mean? Oh, MAGA means witch. Wow. Interesting. MAGA means witch in Latin, and I believe it's one of the levels of the satanic temple because MAGA probably means witch. That's probably where they got it from. Interesting. Interesting. Someone said MAGA's witchcraft. It's definitely interesting. Someone said it is goofy. Yeah. Even like a... I, I want to say when Nikki Haley ran for president, he he was like praising her because I think he thought she would take uh, votes away from DeSantis, which she probably did. But, uh, you know, then it's like she's a bird brain. She's awesome. It's like it's just a, it's like a he reminds me of the clown from Cirque du Soleil. Like I just saw Cirque du Soleil. So it's in my head. But the clown's like, you know, and he's like. And then he like sprays water in his hat and he's like, where's the water? And then like the water pours on his head and he's uh, you know, like that's like Trump to me now. He's just like, what? What do you mean? Christopher Ray? I mean, I hired him because of Chris Christie. I like Chris Christie. I mean, he tells me what to do and I listen to him. Oh, Chris Christie's fat. Honk, honk, honk. Chris Christie, he's, he's, he's fat. Honk, honk, honk. I know I said that in 2015 too. And then I tried to hire Chris Christie. And then I hired my FBI director because Chris Christie told me to. Uh, 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 you know? Oh, Jeff Sessions is good. Ha ha. Jeff Sessions is bad. Ha ha ha. I think vaccine injuries are hurting people. Ha ha ha. Operation Warp Speed's the greatest medical achievement. Honk honk. It's like, it's like a clown show. Once you see it that way, it's like okay. I mean, hopefully he builds the wall, but I don't know. Someone said he's a genius, but on the lower end, he's just he just is who he is. It's like you know, like Vivek is smart, but it doesn't mean like. I need to vote for him, you know, like it's, it's smart. You need to be smart to make a billion dollars in the pharmaceutical industry, but you don't need to be ethical. You know, it's like, there's different things going on, but it doesn't mean I, I have to believe. And then the funniest thing to me is when people are like, so why are you, it's like, my job is not to believe lies. My job is not to like, you know, I, I don't know why people think they have to do that. You know, it's like when people come here and they're like, I hate this show. I I, I don't want to listen. It's like you, you could click the X. Like it's, it is crazy to not like it, but keep watching. You know, that's a crazy thing to do. So people think they have to believe everything. And when you don't, when you start to like respect yourself and be like, all right, I don't have to do that. I don't, you know, like I, I'll vote, but I don't have to like believe everything they say. And I don't, if I come to the conclusion that, you know, both sides are controlled by the same people it's not my responsibility to gaslight myself into not believing what I believe is right. Like it, I don't know who told people that they have to do like who, so who do you trust? Like my family, God, you know, I don't know, like my really good friends, you know, that I could probably count on one hand. Like who do you trust? Like a politician who, who sells vaccines like and took a hundred million dollars from corporations. Like, I don't know if you trust that person that's on you, but I don't have to trust them. 
<laughs> someone said so you love biden i know they're being sarcastic or like they're like oh so you're a disimp and it's like no and the people that say that they loved desantis until the exact day that they were told not to like desantis they went from saying he's the best governor in the country he's amazing to i hate him it's nothing wrong with changing your mind but did you change your mind when you changed your mind based on new information or did were you like conditioned it's like Vivek is not MAGA. Dude, there were some influencers that went from saying, I don't trust Vivek to I like Vivek to I don't trust Vivek to 24 hours saying Vivek is MAGA. People are taking screenshots where like Trump goes, Vivek is not MAGA. And they go, Vivek's not MAGA. And then he's on stage and they're like, Vivek is MAGA. It's like, it's like, it's like a wind-up doll. It's like, do, 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 do. and people are like, what do I think today? What did Trump post on True Social? And then the left says, what do I think today? What did he not say? And it's like, it's, it's actually exhausting to be that type of person, and it's much more um, relaxing to not be that person. But it is annoying because once you like, and I understand why people get like freaked out by it, because if you're really dedicated to something and then you're told that it's not what it is and you and, like, it's scary to face that. So sometimes it's better to just like lie to yourself to stay in it because you know, there's a lot of like influencers that they like me, they know what I'm saying is right. And they say some of it too, but like they don't want to lose everything. You know, like there's certain circles they're in where it's like, oh, I'm going to lose that whole circle if I do that. It's the same way as like, you know, being at work with a bunch of he hims. And if you were like, hey, I think marriage is between a man and a woman, you know, now they all hate you. So you just keep it to yourself. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, yeah, I'm trans. And then you go, you go home, you read the Bible and you're like, Lord Jesus, you know, protect me from these demons. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> someone said anomalies drunk no i'm just this this uh i'm just this fun sober i'm not drunk um i'm not an alcoholic drunk on a thursday but i do drink sometimes but very rarely i'm not an alcoholic um i'm a caffeineaholic i'm trying to work on it um someone said i would love to watch anomaly have a debate with tim pool i would do it per in live just not at the smelly beanie bunker i'm not going to his you know because like he's just nasty nobody has fun there he's just like an angry little demon uh you know so if if we debated i would debate him but it would have to be at a neutral setting you know i'm not going to his little like little demon bunker i, I would do it in a neutral setting somewhere that we both felt comfortable and uh you know i would love to debate tim pool the thing is, the, the ideas going on in that world, they don't hold up to the ideas going on in my world. Like I've considered all the things they're considering. I've I've thought about it. I've crunched numbers. Like they're not doing that. They're just, you know, if you look at even like how he analyzed, um, how he analyzed COVID, someone made a really brilliant point on Twitter. Like it was super smart. I retweeted it. And then people were commenting under this guy. They're like, dude, what a good point. Cause it really was a good point. You know, I'm, like that's kind of how I am is like I I like greatness. I like great athletes. I like great music. Like I, I I don't like I'm not an envious or jealous type. If something's better than me, I appreciate it. I'm like, wow, that's I could never do that. So it's the same with information. If someone comes and says something better than I said or smarter than I said or different than I said, I, I embrace it. I reach I share it. I'm like, that's good. I, I've helped multiple people blow up in the MAGA movement because I saw how good they were. And I was like, that's great. Let me share it with my audience. That's really good. You know, I, I like stuff like that. Some people hate stuff like that and they just say generic stuff until it's like popular to say it where I've never been that way. But here's what this guy said about Tim. It's it's really interesting. Hold on. Let me, let me find it. He said, Tim Pool goes whichever way the wind blows, trying so hard to appear reasonable 
rather than actually understanding what the F he's talking about, he's too dumb to know how dumb he actually is and it's dangerous. You know, I don't know if he's dumb or not, but I, I do think that is like he's trying to appear reasonable. So it's like when it came to like Fauci, like I was saying, listen, Fauci's not to be trusted. I'm crunching the numbers. I'm not basing my opinion off of like just seeing him on TV once. I'm like, if I'm going to talk about this guy, let me do my research and try to figure out if he's the real deal or not. Tim, he's trying to appear reasonable, right? So he's like, Fauci's a good dude. I'm not too far left. I'm not too far right. He's not at like, it, I don't know if it's low IQ or just him trying to play it safe, but he's like, okay, you know, we need to appear reasonable. So let's say that Fauci is good to have there because he's not an economist, but it's like, just because he's a doctor doesn't mean he's a good one. Just because he's a government person. Like, so that's kind of how he plays it. He's always wrong in five months or eight months behind every narrative because he's just trying to appear reasonable. He's not trying to think too much. Thinking too much gets you in trouble. So it's like, how do I keep my relationships and my sponsors? And like, how do I say what is said? And that's a headline. Let me just yell about that headline. And oh my gosh, the trend. Like, you know, it's all very low level stuff. So when people listen to it, they just kind of like, it like rots their brain. I saw um, Ian Smith posted something about um, DC Drano going to Israel. He posted it on his Instagram. And I was reading some of the comments. And listen, as a, as a, as a person, as a friend, I like DC Drano. He's been nice to me. I, I'm never going to say he's not nice. I appreciate him. But we disagree on a lot politically. But one of the comments was like, you know, I had to unfollow because he's posting like mind rotting content, you know? And I always say that to my audience where I'm like certain people like that. I like cat turd and Benny Johnson and, you know, they do some good stuff, but it's like, it, I've always said that. That's why I thought it was interesting that it was the top comment. It's like, it, it's mind rotting content. It's not like I agree or I disagree or that's bad or like, it's, it's like rotting the brains of MAGA. And that's what a lot of people have done over the last two years. So I was kind of excited to, to see like a bunch of people agree, like, oh, I'm not alone. You know what I'm saying? Like they see it too where it's like for a while, it, it felt like we're educating each other, we're learning, we're evolving, we're, we're together, we're growing. And then at a certain point, I don't know when that turn happened, but it feels like people are just trying to cash out on their audience. And it's just like, here's Trump handing out pizzas, here's something super generic and the left. And it's just like dumbing everyone down. And it, you know, it, uh, I'm glad to see a lot of people figuring that stuff out, you know, and it's, it seems like what I'm saying and what other people are saying it's starting to get more popular because it's true. It's the same way if, if you say build a wall 20 years ago, which people were saying 20 years ago, no one wants to listen. And then when the problem gets so bad, everyone's like, okay, yeah, build a wall. It, Eric Adams, you know, he's like, oh, I love illegal immigrants. And it's like until your budget is like failing and you don't know where to house people. And now all of a sudden you sound like Trump, you know, or, or even, you know, people like Pat Buchanan who were before. But in general, the truth, it'll it'll age well. It's it's nice to see people figuring certain stuff out. I'll just say that because when you when you feel alone, that's why people like to gaslight themselves. There is an element of like popularity to it. Like if if all these accounts are saying the same thing in loop, you that's your team, right? That's your tribe. And I'm not anti-tribalism. I think everybody wants a tribe. You want a, a musician people that like the music you like. You want a family. Like everybody wants a friends. Everybody wants a tribe. There's nothing inherently wrong with being tribal because that's where I disagree with libertarians where it's like, you know, you could be individual, but like no one wants to hear the prophetic 80 year old guy yelling by himself on the street. It's like, dude, go find some friends. You know what I'm saying? Like having a tribe is not necessarily bad. And that's where libertarianism fails. They're all so individualistic and anti-tribalism. They can never agree on anything and come together. And they just like argue in circles all the time and get 1% of the vote. But in general, like, uh, 
I get why people want to be tribal and I, I hate to like ruin the parade, but when I see my tribe just walking into fed traps and lying to themselves and ruining the country, it's like, you, you know, I'm like, ah, that's not, that's not the tribe I thought it was. So a lot of times people don't want to come around on certain topics because it's like, I don't want to get kicked out of the tribe. I don't want to have the wrong opinion. I don't want, you know, to, to lose this. But now that naturally people are waking up now these influencers are not popular anymore you know what i'm saying like dc drano's getting ratioed the typical liberals getting ratioed when dave rubin wanted to shut down protests he got ratioed shapiro gets ratioed you know matt like the the truth is starting to get more popular than the guy just trying to like maintain when michael Knowles says something very generic and low low level like everybody shits on him on twitter now so it's like it's actually cool to see you know i'm not praying for these people to be unpopular, but they're saying dumb stuff. And like, people are finally starting to get tired of it. And it makes me happy. Cause it's like, how long are these people just going to run people in circles? It's got to end eventually. And it will. Um, someone said, Bernie said, build a wall. He might've Bernie used to actually be like America first, like uh, an America first, like leftist. He used to say a lot of like pro America stuff, but then I don't know. After Hillary, he just like lost his soul. And now he's just an old man yelling at the clouds. Let's see. Someone said, bring back the Shapiro bashing, please. Listen, Aaron, listen. We don't, we do not bash Ben Shapiro here. He's the smartest man I've ever seen in my life. And any, any criticism of Ben Shapiro is just, you know, it's just anti-Semitism. And even though I pretend to not like the ADL and I say they're a left-wing group, um, I'm going to constantly say that I'm the most persecuted person of my people that you can't talk about. And the ADL tells me that. And I, you know, but I hate them, but I always retweet them. So yeah, we, we're not going to do that here. We don't, we don't engage in hate speech. So let's not, let's not go there. Um, dude, that, that was crazy too. Like the libs of TikTok. If you guys know the libs of TikTok, I, I think her name is Shia. She's like some conservative Jewish woman. She was complaining about the ADL, right? The Anti-Defamation League, who's a left-wing Jewish organization that uh, allegedly fights defamation. But, you know, Elon Musk said that they are doing defamation. But anyway, she was like crying about the ADL, right? And she was saying, oh my gosh, they're putting me on a list. I'm going to sue them. And then a week later, she tells students in California to report to the ADL. It's like, what, you know? why why you you're saying the adl is coming after you and you're going to sue them and then a week later you tell jewish students to report to the adl that's like ben shapiro they're like oh they're a left-wing organization then why are you constantly like promoting them dude it's like you know and then you can't say that they're being sneaky because then they'll say that that's hate speech hate speech but like that is sneaky you know i'm not blaming everybody but like that's incredibly sneaky to be like Oh, this is an organization trying to sue me. I hate that. And then like a week later, you're like, oh, go report to them, report to them. Like, you know, but then they want to say it's hate speech to say that that's sneaky. You know, it's like, how about just not being sneaky? That would, that would probably like help more, but they, you know, it's, 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 un it's unreal. When you see that sort of stuff, you're like, so you're going to sue that organization while you're telling, like, imagine if I was like, I'm going to sue the New York Times for defamation, but also you should go work for the New York Times. Come on, kids. They, you know, go report to the New York Times. Snitch the New York Times. It's like, what? It's crazy. Um, why no Rumble posts? Rumble has like frozen my account. I don't know why you could ask them. They used to respond to me. 
maybe it's because they're so in the bag with like Trump dick suckers that they won't post my content anymore. It might not be. Maybe it's just like a mechanical glitch because the website kind of sucks. I don't know what it is, but I've always complimented Rumble. I've always been cool with them. They allow a lot of people crazier than me. So I don't know. I had a program that would mirror all my videos and it posts them to Rumble and it just stopped posting. I've been using BitChute for years. Every one of my videos flawlessly goes to BitChute in two hours and I've never once had a problem. With Rumble, I've had problems every month. Every month they stop sharing my videos on Rumble and I say, hey, can, like, what's going on? And they're like, sorry, we're having server problems or whatever. And, uh, you know, and every time I at them on Twitter, then the problem magically gets fixed. I'm like, what's going on? They fix it. What's going on? They fix it. Now, when I say what's going on, I've hit them up three times. They won't fix it. So I don't know They, you know, their, their technology kind of sucks. Like it's hard to live stream on there. You have to get a new code every time you live stream for Facebook. And you, I would live stream on rumble every time, but you'd have to get a new code every time for, for, for what I'm doing now. You, you don't, you just plug it in one time and it goes to Facebook and YouTube every time. Same with BitChute. So I don't know what's going on there, but, um, you know, maybe their technology just sucks. Uh, maybe they don't care anymore, but it's been a, a month since they posted my content on there. And to be quite frank, I, I, I don't even care anymore. I mean, I wish it would go on rumble, but I just think that the idea of rumble is really good. Uh, I am rooting for them, you know, like I really wanted rumble to do well, but like business wise, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the tech's doing. I don't, I don't know. What, you know what's going on there so get the code i i don't want i have so much to do already i don't want to get a code every time i go live i'd rather not go live on rumble and just post my videos on there with their mirroring program but it is what it is um bit shoot is full of psychos there's a lot of crazy comments i like there's definitely a lot of wild stuff going on it's just people are a little too angry there like if they stated their opinion i don't no opinion is too crazy for me like it's like if it makes sense but like it's just like people are just like freaking out all the time in the comment section there it's like chill out um anomaly do i have the funds to hire a team to create quality original content now's the best time yeah i'm doing a thing with andrew if you this guy his name is andrew says he used to work for rebel news now i think he writes for blaze tv it's a cool guy we've always been you know internet friends i've never met him in person but i i get good vibes from him i trust him i think he's a good guy um we did uh we're doing like a, a stream every week and i'm gonna do six clips that i normally don't do and i'm chopping them into clips so the first one of that if you go to my facebook or youtube page was re we reacted to sean strickland um and his little like uh, spiel about the liberal journalist so that's kind of my new play is like i'm gonna do videos with him every week and i'll have six new like clips of like reactions to sports stories news stories and uh you know, I'm working on doing more stuff. So that's that's my attempt at getting more content. Someone said bitch who does a lot of feds in the comments. Just people, just the things that people say in the comments are outrageous. And I'm not saying like opinion wise, like I'm not, it's just like, they're always like just mad. Yeah, I'm like, chill out. Um, but yeah, I, it's hard to tell who's who. Um, Someone said, I heard from Amazing Polly, it's compromised. I like her. I, I mean, I don't know everything she says, but she seems like she's uh, she's trying. I mean, the guys who run BitChute, I think they have good intentions. I think they're good. It's just, it's hard to run a platform. Like if you if you create a platform, the powers that be come down on you pretty hard. Um, what about Bobby Sauce? You miss him? He'll be back on the show. We're still working together. We're trying to get our website doing stuff. So I like Bobby. He'll be back on the show soon um we're trying to figure out how to utilize our website better as well 
Someone said, I like you. Rumble's whack and unfunded. Let's get back to getting jacked. I, there's a lot of rhymes going on there. I mean, they have funding and they have money. It's just, I don't know how, like, you know, it is what it is, but like they've given money to a lot of people, not me. Um, and that's fine. But like when it comes to me using the platform, I've always complimented them. I've always said I like the idea of what they're doing, but the technology just has never worked for me well. It doesn't push my videos there. And now it's totally frozen. I've tried to get their attention three times and say, guys, you know, I was getting thousands of views on all my videos on Rumble and they just won't like send them through with their mirror technology. And it's, I'm not going to go out of my way to like get a code every time I go live. Like some people do that. I don't want to do that. It's not convenient. Um, I don't have the time to do it and I don't want to spend the time to do it. So if they won't post my videos or figure out the problem, they've had problems every month, every month it freezes. And then, and it's a weird, I'm not saying they're purposely doing this because I don't think they are, but it's weird timing. Like when I do the biggest interviews, like I'm doing a Candace interview or Vivek interview, like the biggest moments that are getting the most views on Facebook and YouTube, that's always when my rumble page would freeze and it like, it wouldn't post. And I realized four days later, I did four videos and none of them are posting. I have this thing set up with rumble. Like I have with BitChute, where when I go, when I do a video on Facebook or YouTube, it, it copies and just goes to rumble. It goes to BitChute. BitChute has been doing it for four years. I've never once had a problem. It just, after I go, it's built in. Rumble has that same mirror. They, well, they claim to, but it doesn't work. So it's like all my videos are naturally just posting to Rumble. And then when I have like the biggest, every month, it's like the biggest video I do, the biggest moment, the biggest interview, and it freezes every time. So then I go on Twitter and I say, hey, Rumble, what's going on? It froze. And they say, oh, sorry, our, our, our servers are overwhelmed. You know, we can't upload all everybody's videos. So it's like, how are you going to compete with YouTube when you're, when you can't upload everyone's videos? Then why, like what? I, or like something freezes. So it's like, it doesn't even make sense. So I'm like, okay. So I complain. And then, and then like once I complain and they say that they have to manually do it, then they manually do it. And then I, and then a month later, then at my biggest moment, rumble free, won't let it post. And then I ask them and then, you know, they post it. It's happened like that probably three or four times. And then I realized that I haven't had a video posted on there for two months since like a Ted Cruz post I did in December. And I said, Hey, rumble, what's going on? No answer. What's going on? I, you know, I guess they, I don't know what, I guess like our relationship is over. They don't care anymore. They don't, I'm guessing they have like, you know, I'm guessing that they're facing some other issues that they just, you know, that's the best thing I could say. Like maybe they don't care. Maybe something switched off and they, and they're not interested in like switching it back. I don't know what's going on, but it could be just that the website's having so many problems that, you know, they're not as concerned as they were four months ago because they have other stuff to kind of deal with now. I have no idea. Um, but I, I'll just assume that it's nothing personal. It's just they have the tech technology does not, for whatever reason, work properly. Or they, like they said, their servers don't, can't facilitate all the traffic or something. I don't know. It's, you know, I, I wish for, I want them to do well though, because I do think they have a good policy. So I, I'm rooting for them to do well business wise. I just don't see it, you know, but I, but I want them to do well. I hope they have a plan and you know, I, th there's some good people that they gave money to and hired. I just, I don't know where it's going though, but I want them to do well. I hope they crush and I hope that it takes off because it taking off would be good for the country and the world in my view. Uh, have I ever seen the 1960s show new benders? No. Is it good? Should I look up the plot? Someone said, dude, don't be a homophobic. 
what did I ever did I did I even say anything about LGBT in the last like 30 minutes? I'm trying to think. You're confusing me. Um dude that wrote it down, lost it in the second. I'm trying to read a few. All right, I'm gonna end this before two hours because I don't need to do these long live streams, but the reason I do the long live streams is not because I think it's a great idea. It's it's really not business wise, I don't think. But um, I don't know. Once I get done with my show, it's kind of just like chill to talk, read comments. I I enjoy it. So let's see. Because you turned into a Trump hater? No, my I he's the universe for a lot of people. Like if you can it's almost like a religion, right? Like he's the center of the universe of a lot of liberals and conservatives and they revolve everything around Trump. So like if Trump does operation warp speed, people don't even think what they think. They're just like, how does it relate to Trump? I guarantee you guaranteed. If Hillary Clinton did operation warp speed, every reporting thing I've ever said about it and how I've systemically talked about it in an accurate fashion, everyone in MAGA would agree with me. The only reason they don't agree is because Trump is the center of their universe and they were like, is it a mistake or he got tricked? Like they only say that because it's Trump. You wouldn't say that, that George Bush got tricked by Dick Cheney. Why would you not say that? Because if he got tricked by Dick Cheney, it's his fault. You know, it's a religion. Trump has become a religion, a hate religion and an obsessed religion. And the people who say, I just hate them, they're as crazy as liberals to me because they don't have opinions about anything. Like, even with DeSantis, all their criticism of him made no sense. Not because DeSantis is perfect. It's just because everything they criticize DeSantis of, Trump also did. But they don't care when Trump does it. Dude, I can't possibly want to distance myself from whatever people are doing mentally. I'll vote the way I vote. I'm not going to make it turn me into Joe Walsh or some weird Navarro liberal or something. But it's like I, I can't possibly like want to distance myself further from this like mental rotting that's going on in the Trump movement. It's not because I hate him. It's just like you, you've turned into a liberal. You're just like their universe revolves around him and, and they can't think straight about any topic because they just hate him. That's you with like making excuses or like nothing makes sense anymore. You can't like some, like someone like Tim Pool, like don't talk about three years ago, bro. He was president from 2016 to 2020 and he's running again. His whole campaign should be, do you want that guy back in office or do you want Biden? And it's it's totally natural to come to the conclusion that you want Trump. But this idea that you're not allowed to talk about his four-year presidency because it's in the past, what should we talk about the future and, and time machines and QAnon spaceships? Like, No one makes sense anymore. J.K. said, are you going through some inner turmoil, said J.K. with a super chat. Like you have been a successful creator and a political analyst for years, perhaps now looking back, feeling like you were promoting, reporting something that you truly never believed. Well, those are two separate questions. Am I going through some inner turmoil? Um, sometimes, but it's not because I feel bad about what I previously did. It's just, you know, I think it takes a mental toll being involved in everything. Like if I log in and I see a hundred opinions, I have a very like fast moving brain and I, I'm highly analytical. So I'm like crunching stuff all the time and, and it's exhausting. So I, it's not like I feel bad for what I did previously, but sometimes what I do gets exhausted because it's like, I don't, I don't shut my brain off as much as I, I should sometimes. So that's exhausting. And it's also exhausting when you feel like everybody's lying in unison. Like it's, it's like being at a liberal company and everybody's lying, but you can't tell everybody that they're lying because they're all doing it. And it almost like, it makes you crazy because you're like, I'm not going to 
lie with them. But at the same time, I don't feel like arguing all the time. So then you either like, you know, you have to figure out a solution. So that's where any of my inner turmoil and stress comes from. I mean, I'm not like that stressed out right now, but I'm just saying it doesn't come from being a successful creator for years and looking back and feeling like I was reporting wrong. It more comes from just like, uh, it just more comes from, I would say that, uh, and I'll, I'll answer the second part of your question, but first someone said Matt Gates was spoofing what Chuck Schumer said. Uh, I'll have to see proof of that. We'll see. Um, I don't think so. I think, I think he's just like parodying it saying we're getting more minorities. Haha. But I don't know. It doesn't make it any more unless I could find proof. It doesn't make it any better in my view, but we'll see. Maybe I find something that changes my opinion. Um, with like feeling bad about reporting I did previously. No, I, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't really feel, I don't really feel like that much. I said was that crazy. Cause I mean, I'm sure I could find some things that I disagree with what I said, but a lot of my pitch from 2017 to 2020 uh, about Trump, it was like trying to unite people and trying to like defuse the the stress and the, uh, the, the, the separation. Because like, if you watch a lot of like why Trump is not that bad, I was never a full blown Trump sycophant. In fact, even when I liked Trump more than I'd lead on, I tried to stay somewhat neutral because I understood if I'm going to be trustworthy, I can't be biased. So even when I liked Trump more than I would tell people on on, uh, on my page, you know, at some point I was like, dude, I do like I started admitting it because I just want to be uh, like honest. Um, there was a point where I, I had to like catch myself because I was like, listen, you can't just like obsess over a guy or else your reporting is going to fall short. So all my reporting that was pro Trump, even if you go back and watch some of my big videos, I'm just trying to like debunk left wing lies and be like, listen, you claim that you like prison reform and Trump did prison reform. It's not me saying it's the greatest thing of all time, but it's like I wrote a, a high school paper about prison reform when I was younger. And I know that it's a liberal thing to really want that. It's not even really a necessarily conservative thing. Um, so why won't you give them credit for that? You know, so that that type of reporting, I think all my stuff really stands the test of time. Like I wasn't saying you should be obsessed with the guy. I'm like, he didn't say he hates Mexicans. He said like he said, build a wall. And he said that there are bad people. But then you cut out the last line where he said that there's also good people. Like that's my reporting was not trying to get people to turn into right wing sycophants. My reporting was trying to get insane left wing people to become moderate and like like normal, you know, and that was kind of my goal. And the funny thing is, too, is like I know for a fact certain people that I woke up like I know this because I've spoken to them. I know people that were like Hillary Clinton voters that saw my content that woke up and they became Trump sycophants. And a lot of these people like got in trouble just like following Trump into traps and stuff. And it's like that was never my goal. But like some people, they just became the same person they were on the left and just flocked to the right and then did the same thing, you know, and then like ran too far that way. So I think um I don't know. I don't. Uh, my stress and my inner turmoil more comes from just like the stress of constantly being involved in like political arguments all the time. It, it has nothing to do with um, the content I used to make because I feel good even about my 2018 content. I feel good about it. I think uh, people have people have a, a false not I'm not saying you, but like some people that don't like what I'm saying now, they almost created a false history of who I was 
in order to justify like why I'm wrong now. Like this one guy I blocked on Instagram because he was just like, he was such a fan of mine and he was some like MMA coach and he was messaging me all the time and he loved everything I said. And to be honest, I've been saying what I'm saying now in many ways since 2020. So nothing was new. I made one like it, it was just telling that it like was literally just pointing out certain things about Trump that were like factually true. And he's like, Oh, you, you, you used to wear a MAGA hat. What happened to you? you used to be, you used to be on Trump's dick. And it's like, it's literally false history. I never wore a MAGA hat. There's no videos of me wearing a MAGA hat. Cause I didn't wear a MAGA hat. I, I, I purposely never wanted to wear a MAGA hat because one, I didn't want to look like I was just a, Trump supporter, because then who's going to listen to my news reporting? I didn't want to be like everyone else. I'm like, I want to be someone that people trust that isn't just on Trump's nuts. But when he compliments Trump, it actually means something because he means it. He's not just a fan. Also, I've never really liked the vibe of the hat because it's like a, you know, I made my own hat. God bless. Why did I make that hat? It's like a good vibe. You know, like when I walk around, I'm not just saying this. I should say it more because it would sell more stuff. I don't get compliments on anything more than my my own merch. Every time I wear my God bless hat or my God is gray sweatshirt, it attracts like good energy. And people say, I love your shirt. I love your hat. You know what I'm saying? Like an elderly lady walking on the street, like an elderly black woman says, I love your shirt. And I said, thank you. God bless you. And we start talking. I know she loves God and I know she's a great person. Not that everyone who loves God is great, but you could just, the vibe, like no one's going to compliment a God shirt and be a bad person. I've met great people, old, young, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody like just, and then you wear the MAGA hat it's got a different connotation. It's not everyone's fault or anything. I like seeing the MAGA hat, but it's it's like it brings attention to you. It's either good or bad. Either people love it or hate it. It's nothing wrong with that. I I like people who wear MAGA hats. I don't see it as a bad thing, but um, it's, it's like a confrontational hat just due to how it was reported. So I don't like wearing stuff like that in general. It's not like fun for me, but um, in general, like people will literally lie about me in order to justify why they think I changed, you know, they'll be like, Oh, you used to wear a MAGA hat. And it's like, I didn't like you used to do this. I've always been transparent. My biggest video was I didn't vote for Trump. I voted for Jill Stein in the primary who ironically, even now I'm not, uh, I'm not a green party person, but you know, she makes a lot more sense in my opinion on, in, on foreign policy than even the Republican party. She's like completely independent. So she could say whatever she wants about Ukraine and Israel and, you know, Trump and DeSantis can't do that. And Nikki Haley will never do that. So you know, I don't even feel that bad about it because California was going to go blue anyway. And I wanted to get Jill Stein or Gary Johnson to, to five or 15 percent so they could join the, the uh, you know, the debate. So I didn't I don't even feel bad about that vote now. But in general, I told people I didn't vote for Trump. I, you know, I supported Bernie against Hillary Clinton. I voted for Jill Stein in 2016. Here's why Trump's not that bad. It came from a perspective of somebody that's not obsessed with Trump. That was always my that was always my catch. People that were Republican would say, oh, he's a left-wing hippie who likes Trump. And my video got billions of views because people could share it and not look insane. They're like, look, this guy can explain what I'm saying, but not look like me. This guy is not one of us, but he's kind of one of us. Like that was always the my pitch. And I, you know, now I'm a registered Republican. I consider myself probably more conservative and Christian than than Trump is. And, uh, you know, I'm older now. I'm 34. When I started, I was like 25. So it's like, of course, hopefully I grew up. But in general, um, you know, I don't care if people don't like what I say, but they make up this fake history of like, oh, he used to wear a MAGA hat and be on, like, and it's like, watch every video I've ever made on Trump. I didn't do that. Like, I always tried to sound like somebody that was not just a fan and talking on like facts, you know, not like I'm obsessed with Trump just because I like him. No, like, here's what he said. 
here's why it's not that crazy. And I, to me, I'm, I'm sure there's some videos that don't hold up, but I think most of them will. So now I don't, I don't feel bad about it at all. I feel great about all my videos, but I'm sure there are some where I, I'd watch and be like cringe. You know, I was definitely like softer, I think. And, uh, you know, more moderate back then, probably, you know, if that's the right word. And I don't even think that I'm, it's interesting because like I was more moderate back then, but I thought that the right was better back then, you know, like now I'm probably less moderate technically, like in my own personal views, but I'm probably like more sympathetic to the left. And I think that the right's crazier than I used to think that they were. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, I've had a shift where I've gotten further into my views, but I'm more reasonable, I think in some ways, because I, I, I don't think that the left is just the problem now. Like I did three years ago. I think the right is like controlled opposition. Um, JK said, you united me, LOLs. I was a two sides of the same coin guy for a year. You influenced me a lot for the better. I enjoy your content now even more. Thank you. I enjoy surfing and hiking, never political. Hey, appreciate you. God bless. Thanks for the super chats all the times. Um, someone said one of us, one of us. I don't know what you're referring to, but hopefully it's good. Someone said we a thousand percent can't afford to elect anyone who pushes jabs. Dude, the, the timing of, I'm not going to say the universe, we'll say, we'll say the, the world, the timing of the world is, uh, is amazing. It's like within a week, you had Tim Pool try to cover up COVID stuff and say, forget about it, it's in the past. And then I called him out for being terrible. And then the next day, they roll out the disease X rhetoric, which proves that if you don't learn a lesson from that time frame, it's literally going to happen again. You can't plan this up. That's why it's like, I know I'm going to piss some people off. Sometimes I, I annoy myself. I'm like, I shouldn't have said like, I'm very self-aware. That's probably one of my best skill sets where it's like, I know when I screw up, I know when it could have been better. I know when I get too angry. I know when my video is not as good. I know when my show sucks, you know, like I, I turn it off and I'm like, that show was the worst show of the week, or that show is the best show of the week. I'm, I understand. It's not like, I think I'm out here throwing strikes all the time. Like I, I I'm very aware of like, dude, I, sometimes I delete them where I'm like, that was just not, the energy was bad. With that being said, I know I'm going to piss some people off. I don't care if what I'm saying is true. It's going to age well and everybody's going to come around to it eventually. And they already are. So it's like there's probably like 20 people that'll see the Tim Pool video and be like, wow, Anomaly is very authentic. That's very true. And for every 20 that like it, there's going to be five that don't like it. Guess what? I don't care. You know, I don't care because a day later, disease X is going to roll out and Tim's going to talk about it. Oh, why are you talking about it? Because it's a premise that's going to come back around. History repeats itself, especially if you don't learn from it. And what I found out in millions of people are finding out and everybody's like slowly finding out is we were lied to about history. You know, if they write history today, it's not going to be true. They're not going to tell the truth about Biden. They're not going to tell the truth about Obama. They're not going to tell the truth about Trump. They're not going to tell the truth about DeSantis. They're going to say DeSantis was like an unhinged authoritarian trying to like kill women or something, you know? So they're not going to tell the truth about today. Why should I believe they told it about the past? And I know they didn't tell it about the past because I've gone back and relearned history and I've challenged myself and I've taken both sides of the equation. And sometimes it is a gray area. Like when you have, you know, two leaders fighting each other with ideologies that are not ideal, you know, and then the one wins then you figure it out and you're like, oh, you're like, we helped the communists win the war. Like, that's what happened. I'm not saying the other side was perfect or amazing or they're your best friend. Like, I'm not making that claim. And I, I'm very careful about claims I make because 
you know, say they make Trump look like the villain in the history books. And then 50 years later, everybody says Trump was secretly the hero. Maybe he was neither. Maybe he was like better than everyone else in rhetoric, but then he sold out. Like, you know, you like they, they try to sometimes make you glorify the other side, but sometimes the other side was controlled too. And I wasn't around in history to even really know what was going on. I'm only reading about it. So it's hard. It's harder to really tell. Like I lived through the Trump and Biden era. I'm way more knowledgeable about it because I, I I witnessed it in real life than just through a book or a you know documentary. But in general, in World War II, like the reason everything's so commie is because we helped the communists win. The communists won. It's just true. Like you look at the World Health Organization, it's a part of the United Nations. Who's the United Nations? It was created by America and, and China and other communists. Like, you know, they're like coming together to create a global, you know, left-wing uh, order of sorts. And it's like, okay, um, the nationalists lost and the communists won. I'm not saying that the other side was right. Obviously, they did horrific stuff. I'm just saying, like, when you help communists win wars, then the world's going to turn communist. Like, that's just what happens. So same with, like, you know, nobody wants to talk about, like, Martin Luther King. Like, Charlie started talking about it. He's like, Martin Luther King's a lie. And everyone starts freaking out, understandably. Like, he's like a, a idol, you know? Like, he's been idolized in history unlike anyone else. But, uh, you know, most people don't even know anything about Martin Luther King. So they'll get so upset and be like, Martin Luther King was amazing. I understand why it would upset you because we were told our whole life that he was was amazing. But it's like, have you ever relearned it or tried to like counter both sides? Like I'll counter both sides. And then you could kind of poke through the holes with him. It's like, was it like maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. You know, a lot of these problems now are caused by the policy and the legislation that they passed off the back of MLK. When it comes to like Rosa Parks, apparently she was like just a, a, a stunt double, essentially, where they had a lady who did what she did and they thought that she was too ugly and allegedly divorced and that wouldn't play well back in that day. So they got somebody that was more attractive that could drive the message home more, you know, that look that stuff up. So it's like, I don't, I'm not going to badmouth these people because they have families and I'm sure they were nice and I'm not quite sure, but it's like, I'm not bothered by people questioning stuff because, you know, there's a reason that things are going the way they're going now. And it's it doesn't start with Obama or Joe Biden. And like, that's what frustrates me a little bit about the, the right is like, they it's so low level thinking. Like they'll be like, you know whose fault this is, whose fault? Obama. Obama was not even in control of his own administration, let alone Biden's. He doesn't have that, like he has more power than your average person. But Obama's not running the show. Like if your understanding of the world is Obama's doing it, you lose. You know, there's way smarter people. They're going to conquer you. And they should. You're not a victim. They should conquer you. Like it goes way back. You know, what's going on now? There's there's so many uh, things going on ethnically, religiously, historically. And they've been going on for hundreds of years. So if you're playing checkers and they're playing chess, they're going to win. You know, and I'm not even necessarily upset about it. I mean, I don't want bad people to win, but it's like, I'm also not a victim mentality guy where I feel like I deserve everything just because I want it. That's not how it works. So it's like, you know, that's why I don't like a lot of Republicans now that are influencers because they're just rotting your minds. And if you ever, they're like surface level thinking, right? And if you ever go one or two or three or four layers deeper than you, then they lash out at you. They're literally gatekeeper attack dogs to stop you from understanding everything. Uh, and that's like why I went with Tim Pool. It's like he's surface level, angry goblin, like Diglett energy. Luke says something intelligent like one time and, and then Luke, and then like, you know, Tim freaks out. So it's like, what is Tim's role to, to sit there and, and stop people from thinking deeply? Like talking about Echo Health Alliance is, is bigger than Democrat or Republican or left or right. It's the deep state, as they say. It's like these 
unelected leaders who do what they want no matter who wins. And Trump gives them the money just like Biden gives them the money. So, you know, I, I think uh, learning about history, you could kind of like figure out there was a certain point in time when uh, when the people like you started losing everything and the people like the communists started winning everything. And it's been happening for a long, long time, you know? So that's why everything looks the way it looks is because anybody who tried to sound the alarm on this type of stuff in the 1800s or the 1900s, you know, like you can go back in multiple different countries, multiple different, like America, like there's people who were figuring this stuff out and eventually they lost the battle, you know, the, the battle between left and right communist. And I would say, I don't know if nationalists would be the right word or, or, you know, more right-wing ideology, like, and, and it happens in like every race, every country, like the, the same battles are going on all over the place. And it's interesting to try to learn about and challenge yourself because, uh, why, I don't know. Why wouldn't you want to know if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to submerge yourself in politics all the time, wouldn't you rather be a little more right than a little more wrong? But I think that most people don't want to be right or wrong. Like they just want to like, be part of something and they just want to like get mad at the left and that's not a threat to the establishment um when i had chad ja chad uh jackson on my show i'll have him on again he's an interesting guest and a, a good friend of mine i really like chad you know he talked about web du bois versus uh you know i'm trying to think of booker t washington and that was like, that was that battle that I'm talking about in the black American community. There's battles like this in every country, every community, every political party, like these battles have been happening over time. And uh, at that time, it's like you had one guy who wanted to pull himself up by his own bootstraps, who was into creating and building businesses. And then you had another rich kid, fake intellectual, trying to scam everybody into thinking like a communist, you know? And that was W.E.B. Du Bois, in my opinion. And then Booker T. Washington. People like Booker T., but like eventually that Booker T. mindset, he won in his time period. But over time, they let the W.E.B. Du Bois mindset infiltrate America and we're paying the consequences of it. And there's so many stories like this throughout history where you read books and you, you dive into it. Even like Wikipedia, it's not perfect, but there's a lot of stuff there. You could be like, damn, you're like, that guy was, that was the real deal. And you're like, damn, he lost. Or like, that guy was the real deal and he was well-loved. But then after he died, like Booker T, it's like 30 years later, they, you know, push far left and they never went back to his mindset. And that, you know, it's like, it's always happening. And then at a certain point, I think they figured out how to control both sides. If not, if they weren't always doing that, where it's like, okay, you got two parties. It's smarter to hedge your bets than it is to just bet on one. And, and they've been doing that for at least 40 years, 50 years. I'm not really sure. Even with like uh, like JFK, obviously, that's a crazy story. Everybody knows about that. Uh, Nixon. Nixon's interesting. Uh, I talked to my one buddy's dad one time, and he's like, he liked Nixon a lot. I didn't know much about Nixon because I wasn't alive then, but everybody seemed to like Nixon. I think he won all the states or he won 49 states. Like Nixon was like really popular. So how did he get kicked out? You know, they did the Watergate thing and they recorded him and they kicked him out, but people don't even realize that Nixon won almost every state. Like that's unheard of like winning. I think, did he win all states or 49 states? But anyway, you know, they started recording everything he said and everything he said came out. Like there's more than just the Watergate scandal on those tapes. You could find conversations he had with a lot of people. I mean, he got in a lot of trouble with what he said with Billy Graham, the world's most famous evangelical. You know, you could look that up. I mean, his conversations with Billy Graham got recorded and, you know, he got in a lot of trouble with that with the press. So 
you know, I just find it interesting in general, just learning about history, like the version that they tell you is like so simplified. And then the, uh, you know, the, the, the full history is always like more broad and just interesting. So I've been doing that over the last couple of years, just like diving back into stories, like where it's like, okay, this guy got kicked out because of the scandal and everyone's like, oh, well, the scandal is bad. And he got kicked out before that everybody loved him. It's kind of interesting, you know, that they got a guy out that was loved very much. Was Watergate a setup? I mean, I would say absolutely it was a setup. I'm not, whether he was right or, I'm not telling you he's right or wrong or like he's perfect or anything, but like clearly, how, how would it not be a setup? They recorded everything he said for a long time and then figured out a way to get him out. Like I, I, I can't find a scenario where it isn't a setup even if it's a righteous setup you know what i'm saying where they caught him doing something bad like yeah i think they wanted you know someone wanted him out of there for for some reason and uh either it was a good reason or a bad reason you know and only you could decide if you listen to it we were taught that it was a good reason and he was a bad guy um but and i'm not even telling you like he was a great guy i i, I haven't like f even though i've looked into it more than maybe like the average person has i still haven't looked into it enough to really make a firm decision of who he really was and sometimes it's nuanced so i'm not i'm not even saying this to be like oh i don't want to tell you what i really think i'm not uh, you know sometimes i could be very confident and i could like hold it down and when i see people that are bullies or wicked i'll kind of go at them but i am a very like a uh, thoughtful person i try to be where it's like i I'm I'm not afraid to be like, I don't know the most about that. I didn't live through Nixon. I haven't spent like 20 hours researching it. I've just spent a little more than everyone else. And I'm like, dang, that there's something more to this story. Honestly, I'll probably look into it over the next month because I do kind of want to figure out more about it. But someone said Nixon got in trouble for spying on his opponent. He got in trouble for more than that because they didn't just record that. So, I mean, you could find like transcripts, audio. He, he said something about like gay people in San Francisco, too. I'm going to look it up because like, I'm not saying it's funny, but it's funny. I don't know. I can't, like gay San Fran. It's like some people will consider this hateful and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I I can't help but think this is hilarious that a sitting president said this. OK. It's pretty funny in my view, but but also hateful and I totally condemn it or whatever. So. This is a quote uh, on the Nixon tapes that no one knows about. He said, homosexuality, dope, immorality generally. These are the enemies of strong societies, Nixon said. The upper class of San Francisco is that way. It's not just the ratty part of town. The upper class in San Francisco is that way. The Bohemian Grove, which I attend from time to time, it is the most F-A-G-G-Y goddamn thing you could ever imagine with that San Francisco crowd. I don't even want to shake hands with anybody from San Francisco. Decorators, they've got something, but goddamn it if we don't have to glorify it. Nixon said it. I didn't say it. So, I mean, like, clearly there's more to the story. Like, he's out here saying stuff like that. Dude, I've, I've gone to town on the tapes. I'm like, dude, I got to hear more of this guy. It sounds like a Chappelle episode. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like a stand-up comedy. He's like, I don't even want to shake hands with those. I was like, what? A setting president said that like, dude, you're not you're not going to find a president that's stuff like that anymore. Those days are long gone, but that was not that long ago. So, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, what? Dude, this guy like this guy was out here just slanging it. You know, he was like, dude, I'm not I'm not touching. I'm not touching these degenerates. More to the story. There has to be more to the story with those quotes. Like, dude, he was 
he was letting it fly. Like I said, go look up some of the other stuff. It's it's interesting. He sounded like Sean Strickland, kind of, you know? Like, dude, imagine everyone's like Sean Strickland for president. It's like that was that must have been Nixon. No, I don't know. He's like, I went to Bohemian Grove. He's like, those San Francisco gays were doing a bunch of gay stuff at the Bohemian Grove. It's like you don't even need to listen to Alex Jones to find this stuff. Just listen to the Nixon tapes. He talked about it. Um, someone said Nixon said nothing different than Archie Bunker was saying on primetime TV every week. Yeah, but you know, as a president, he was saying it privately and, and then it became public. So I don't care. Like, you're not going to offend me with that. I, I just told you, I think that it's hilarious. I'm just, you know, like to me, like if Obama said something like that too, he's like those gays and those whites, I, I would be like, dude, that's kind of funny. You know, just like, like unfiltered conversation with your boys. He's like, dude, I went to Utah. He's like those Mormons. You're like, <laughs> this get, like privately recorded. And then they put it out in front of everybody. But yeah, I mean, clearly there's more to that story. And he was just letting it fly. Someone said, no, nah, Obama is a blank, a gay. That's true. That's true. But only Bohemian Grove and the Lord to know. I'm not, I'm not diving into that story. Didn't Tucker Carlson had that guy on? That guy was kind of sus that Tucker Carlson had on, you know, like, but that was an, that was a weird one. Someone said Obama clowning on gays would be epic. He's like, okay, listen. He's like, those homosexuals. He's like, I don't agree with them, but I need their votes, okay? Nah, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I bet like before there was technology. Now, you have to assume you're getting recorded all the time. Like if you're the president, there's not a situation where you can even pretend like you're not getting recorded. So, you know, back in the day, I guess you just thought you weren't because like there weren't phones everywhere. So Nixon was just letting them fly. I would guess by the time Obama got there, he he just knew like they're probably recording me all the time. You know, they didn't they find like spying technology in Trump's White House or something? Trump White House spying. Let me look it up. I remember reading that. Oh, yeah. 2019, September 12th, 2019. Israel accused of planting mysterious spy devices near the White House. The U.S. government concluded within the past two years that Israel was most likely behind the placement of a cell phone surveillance device that were found near the White House and other sensitive locations around Washington. Um, why did you not hear that story? Because all of Congress and Trump and Biden and all these people, they don't want to talk about it because they just don't, you know? So it's like if China was doing that, you'd hear it on Dan Bongino's show every day and, and Steve Bannon, China, 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 you know, but if, if Israel does it, they, they just mysteriously don't talk about it, you know, fascinating stuff. I wonder why it's just so, so unknown. Um, so it's like, a dude, imagine like that story getting out with any other country. It's a, it's a mainstream story that gets screamed. Charlie Kirk, he like, he would yell so much. Every time he yelled, his face would get smaller and his forehead would get bigger. And then he'd just look like Mr. Potato Head. But if 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 that happens for that country, it's just nowhere to be found. And Tim Pool will be like, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. You know, I wonder why. I want <laughs> it, it, it's a it, it's a scooby-doo mystery, folks. Um but the thing is, you know everything's there for people to figure out if people can't figure it out like the jokes on you you know have i heard the theory that jfk was never shot 
Dude, I've heard every JFK theory under the sun. I guess it's that's like the main conspiracy, like the the normie one. Like everyone knows something's off with the JFK thing. I mean, he got shot. That's crazy. Um, it's not like I don't care. It's just I've never I've never been inspired to like really look into the JFK stuff. I just assume that they're lying about something. But I've heard he was shot by two shooters. There's one shooter. It was this shooter. It was that shooter. He never got shot. I've heard every theory under the sun. And didn't his shooter like change his name and have a name that was like more obvious? I, I forget. What, what, who who was the guy? Didn't someone shoot? Didn't someone shoot the shooter or something? Like they shot the guy who shot him. Dude, that whole story is like rife with suspicion. I forget though. Um, have I seen the theory that Jimmy Carter is JFK? Never heard that one. I've heard that Alex Jones is Bill Hicks, and I was like, that's stupid. And then I watched it, and I'm like, I almost want to believe that, but it's, but I don't know. Um, yeah, Jack Ruby or whatever, yeah, he changed his name. Or, or they changed it in the press so, so people didn't see his real name. I don't know. You could look into it. But anyway, um, I don't know. Is Alex Jones Bill Hicks? Yes or no, folks? I was like, that's a crazy theory. And then I watched it and I was like, they do have some similarities. I don't think he really is Bill Hicks, though. I just think it's funny. I've also, have you ever seen the picture of Mitch McConnell and uh, Rachel Levine? Mitch McConnell looks exactly like Rachel Levine. Do I think he's Rachel Levine? I don't think so. Could it be? Probably not, but it's funny. Like, you know, some people just look like each other. Like, go find the meme of Mitch McConnell and Rachel Levine. It, they couldn't possibly look more similar. Like, Rachel Levine looks like Mitch McConnell in a woman's suit. What does that mean? What, what should you do with this information? Probably nothing. You should probably erase it from your memory right now because it's not going to serve you in any part of life. In work, no, like it's, you know, it's only going to hurt you. Forget what I just said immediately. Um, someone said, I have no respect for Alex Jones after the way he treated Bill Cooper. Dude, I've been watching Alex Jones debates recently. Like he debated Nick and this guy, brother Nathaniel. It's fascinating, dude. At those those like very edgy debates about topics that you know only Alex Jones could get away with on Bandai video. But I don't know. I like stuff like that. Like I'm bored with like normal stuff. It's like oh, breaking Jack Smith. It's like snooze. You know, I like something a little wilder. Like you know, I want I want something more exciting. Like I'm trying to trying to trying to. I'm trying to get thrilled with with a with a debate that everyone would be afraid of. It's just more interesting. But um with Bryson Gray tweeted the other day. I actually wanted to talk to him about this and see what he thought, but uh, I I probably will eventually. But um Bryson tweeted he he said a biblical question. Can a good man bear bad fruit or could a bad man bear good fruit? And uh you know, I didn't know the answer, but I was like I assume that it's no. And in the Bible, it talks about how do you, you know, I don't want to butcher the entire, maybe I'll look it up so I don't butcher it because um, bad fruit, false prophet, Bible, about to get biblical, folks. All right, Matthew 7, 15, 20. Beware, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inward, inwardly they are ravening wolves. Yea, shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hound down and cast into the fire, where by their fruits you shall know them. So a good tree, according to the Bible, a good tree 
bears good fruits. A bad tree bears bad fruits, and you can't get a, get away from that. So, what are fruits? You know, I because I've heard fruits in multiple ways. Fruits can mean your children. Fruits could mean your labor. You know, by the fruits of your labor. I looked at. I mean, it's it's debatable what it means there, but I came to the conclusion that most dictionaries would say a fruit is your works, you know, and uh, your behavior. It could also mean your children too, but like your works and your behavior, right? Like that's that's what your fruits are. It's like what who you are, what you're doing. And if you're doing bad work and you have bad behavior, you're not gonna you're not a prophet. You know, you're not you're not good. Uh, your character, as some would say, yeah. Um, in general. So then I thought about Alex Jones and David Icke, right? Because in my view, both of them are who they are, right? There's they they I, I agree and disagree with them on certain things, but I've always thought this about David Icke he's he's pleasant to listen to he's very calm he's very reasonable i mean he's he's definitely kind of like crazy like you know he says crazy things that people like can't fathom but like if you listen to him he's very chill alex jones is very crazy like one of the reasons that i couldn't listen to alex for a long time is he just yells too much and like i like him on joe rogan's thing but like in his normal show he's like civil war for like he freaks everybody out all the time and he's just screaming oh like it's, it's like too just like spiritually and like energetically, he's too unhinged for me. Like it's not that his information is all bad, but I just don't, I, I, I don't like the energy personally. It's a personal preference. David, I've always liked his energy. He used to say things about Trump I disagree with, but I listened to him because I just was like, oh, this guy, he's soothing and he's chill. And I just thought that was interesting because I personally, I think that there's certain topics that Alex Jones is currently lying about. And I think he knows he's lying and everyone knows he's lying, but he just he just keeps lying and he yells and he gets like weird and uncomfortable. Uh, and David Icke is, I don't agree with him on everything and I don't disagree with Alex on everything, but I think that David, in my view, is a little more honest than Alex. Although people do think David's wild too and they don't agree with everything he says, but it reminded me of that Bible quote where it's like, Alex's behavior is like insane. So it's like, can an insane person bear good fruit? I'm not saying he's he, he has made good products and stuff and good work. I'm not saying he's a bad person, but and I'm not even saying that Bible verse applies to those two, but I do find that, you know, the character of David and the, uh, you know, like his, his, his energy and his, his like uh, appearance is like way more real and, and, and soothing and like energetically normal than like the psychotic, erratic, irrational, like, you know, Alex acts like he's like uh, an alcoholic, like uh, that smokes crack. I'm not saying he does, but like, he's always just like acting nuts, like all the time where it's like, you know, even as he has debates about like foreign policy and it's not like I agree with everything that his guests say all the time, but he's like the way he acts is so like, like weird. I don't know. It's like, it seems just like uncomfortable, you know? So I thought of that Bible verse where I'm not saying he's a false prophet, but I do think he is. Honestly, I think that he tells a lot of truth, but then he combines it with like fake stuff all the time. I mean, I don't think so. I know. So I'm remember listening to him during COVID and he'd be like, Oh, my weapon, you're going to die. I mean, oh, you know, and then like a week later he says, it's not, it's this, it's China, it's this, the, the ballots. And you know, like he goes back and forth between like every theory and he's right about like 90% of what he says, but I just, I don't know. I've always had a, a trouble listening to him, even though I I've always like respected him as like a forefront, you know, truth teller or whatever, but what fake stuff. Um, well, during COVID, I wanted to listen to what Alex said because he's Alex Jones. And I just I feel like he was saying like both sides of the story. Like he would he said that like this is a really bad bioweapon and it's gonna kill everybody and like say your prayers to God now because you're going down, like just like freaking you out, you know, like that, like it's so bad, you're so screwed. And then like two weeks later, he's like, No, it's not that bad. It's they're lying to you. Like 
you know, even now, like he, he just doesn't make any sense. Like it's, it's like, if you respect yourself and, and you like really think about it, you're like, why would I listen to him? Because he'll be like, you know, he'll say, he, he says like, he thinks the vaccine is worse than anybody. Like the stuff that Alex has put out about the vaccine, he'll say it's the worst thing ever. It's doing this to everybody. It's going to do this to you, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But then he'll say that like, you know, he thinks that Trump is like fighting the globalists. Like it literally doesn't even make sense. And he said so many times, he's like, on Tuesday, I'm going to expose QAnon. He never did. You know, he never said anything that Tuesday. It just came and gone. He said, you know, if, if Trump doesn't doesn't turn on, on this on this vaccine policy by October, I'm going to go for DeSantis. And, you know, like Trump's lying about it. And then October comes and passes. He's still on Trump's nuts. So it's like, how could you how could you think that that's the worst bioweapon in history yet then say that you think the father of the vaccine who says it's the greatest human achievement is is good for you? Like, you know, the guy's got some demons and he's, uh, in my view, a false prophet, but he does do a lot of good stuff. I don't hate him. I think I personally think he's like, I, I think he's a nice guy. I think Alex is a genuine guy. It's just interesting that the Bible said that, you know, a good, a bad person cannot bear good fruits and you judge somebody by their, by their fruits, you know, by their, by their fruits of their labor, their character. Alex has good, he has a good workplace. I think he's a nice guy. Like I think Alex's son is a great guy. There's a lot of things Alex does good. His son seems like a great kid. Uh, you know, he uh, Alex hires a lot of good people. Like there's a lot of people at Infowars that I think are good people. Um, he's done a lot of good things. He's made good documentaries. Like I'm not saying he's all bad, but I do think like his character and his energy is like a massive red flag because it's just like so insane. Um, and I think that someone like a uh, g edward griffin like if you listen to g edward griffin like dude he's just like a great guy he's calm he's thoughtful david ike is like that you know you might not agree with everything he said but he's calm he's thoughtful he speaks like you know it seems like he's not a mess you know you're like all right this guy has his stuff together like he's you know his fruits seem like genuine with alex he seems like a crackhead but i'm not saying he's wrong about everything it's just like comparing g edward griffin's like uh demeanor to alex's is like comparing a monk to a crackhead not saying it means anything, but I just thought of that when I read the Bible thing. Someone said Alex hires people that disagree. He hires great people. I like Harrison Smith. I like Owen Schroyer. I like a, I like a lot of the journalists there, dude. I, I think he hires a lot of good people. Like I like a lot of people over there. Um, I don't even dislike him. I don't hate him or anything. I think he seems like a fun guy to like hang out with. I've never done it, but he seems fun. Uh, I'm just, you know, I don't. I. It's like with DC Drano. I like DC Drano. I like him as a person. I consider him a friend, although we, you know, we disagree on a lot of stuff. And I probably said some things that I disagree heavily and he probably doesn't like what I'm doing, but I do actually like DC Drano. I, I like him and I'm not going to not like him just because he says stuff. But as far as what he's pumping out, like, I do think he's rotting people's brains, you know? So it's like, it's one of those things with Alex. Like I don't hate Alex, but like, I, you know, the approach is a little odd to me, but, um, but DC Drano, like I like him as a person. He's always been nice to me. I've hung out with him in person and he was a great, you know, host of his city. He showed me around and and I have nothing but good things to say about him as a person. With that being said, the content, I feel like he's rotting Republicans brains. I don't agree with all his foreign policy. And I, you know, I, I think a lot of people that follow him feel that way that it's kind of gone downhill, but you know, it is what it is. I, I try to like separate the two things and not be overly like hateful or judgmental it's just how i feel it's like like i used to like jimmy kimmel now i don't like jimmy kimmel you know it's like and I, I don't like him as a person either so it's like i try not to like hate too hard but uh you know sometimes you, you can't help but have certain opinions like i don't 
I've listened to recent debates with Alex Jones and it's not the content necessarily of what he's saying. It's just like, you could just tell someone's authenticity and like some of the responses he's been having and like the straw mans he's been making, it makes him seem very fake. You know, he's making himself look very fake. It's not because he doesn't agree with who he's debating. It's just how you disagree and what you say. You could just tell a lot about somebody by how they act. And it's like, you know, same with Trump. It's like, I don't care if you make a thousand mistakes, but if you go on television and say the vaccine's the greatest human achievement or the greatest achievement of mankind, and you think you save a hundred million lives, I'm going to think you're demonic. Like, I don't, I don't think Trump's a good person anymore. I used to think he's a good person. I think he's evil. I think he's the ultimate Judas goat. I think he has deceived and conned and scammed his people. And it does bother me emotionally because these are not only myself, but these are the people that I like the most. It's not like I hate liberals, but like these are my people and and they're obsessed and they're idol worshiping a, a guy who's scamming them and, and scamming them so brutally and so evilly. The fact that people can't figure it out or combat it makes me really sad. You know, um, on that note, somebody posted on my Twitter the other day and I thought it was an interesting concept. And I don't, for the record, I don't think Trump is the antichrist. I don't like to play prophet and say, oh, I, I know who the antichrist is. I don't know. And if I don't for sure know, I'm not going to be a false prophet. The, the Bible speaks very negatively about people who pretend to know things that they don't and, and like prophecies, especially when it comes to the Bible. Like, I don't think the Bible was written so you can like overwrite it and be like, I know when it's happening. If you, if you don't know, you don't know. If you know, you know. But like, you know, I take that stuff very seriously, especially with the Bible. But um, someone wrote, they said, you know, either, and, and I'm not saying this is true, but they wrote either Trump is the real deal and he's going to do what we want him to do, or he's the Antichrist. And, you know, either way, that means Jesus is coming. So we'll be fine. I'm going to repeat this so people don't freak out. I don't think Trump is the Antichrist and I can't prove that. And I'm not saying that. But this person, I'm going by their logic. They said either he's the real deal and he's going to save us or he's the Antichrist and we're going to heaven. This is my biblical question. I don't know. I'm not the most well-researched Christian and I plan to get better. I'm not a pastor. I'm, I don't, I'm not God. I don't control the gates of heaven. But my biblical question is, if you idol worship the Antichrist, are you going to get into heaven? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to tell people you're not, but I would assume that idol worshiping anyone is a red flag. And idol worshiping the Antichrist is one of the worst things you could do for, for you know, and I know there's certain uh, passages that say, if you do this, you're going to heaven. So that wouldn't matter. Uh, I'm sure there's a debate being had that you can or can't do that and still get into heaven. And I'm not even here to tell you which one to think, because I don't even know myself. But it's like, that's just a crazy mindset to me where you're like, either he's, he is the real deal and he's going to save me or he's the Antichrist. Like, have you ever considered if you're considering that he's the Antichrist not to worship him? Like, isn't, or, or at least like believe in him? Like you shouldn't believe in the Antichrist. It's like, it's just like strange to me where I'm not saying everyone does this, but I, I do think a whole religion has been created around Trump. And I, I feel like I'm guilty of over believing in him too much at certain points too. But, um, you know, it seemed promising and I'm, I'm willing to admit when I was wrong, but you know, I do think there is a religion where people do, they believe so much in him. They're willing to ignore stuff. Like, do you think Jesus Christ would come down and say, my vaccine saved a hundred million lives. It's the greatest human achievement and medical achievement of mankind. Like that's, that's not, that's not a, that's not, no, in my view. Um, and if someone does that, you know, judge them by their fruits, judge that, like judge a man by their, his fruits, you know, and I'm not saying to like go through his past, but like, if you judge Trump by his fruits, there's a lot of red flags there. Like, you know, the things that he did in power, he did a few good things, but for every good thing he did, there's like, 
hundreds of things that are terrible red flags. Like he endorsed Mitt Romney. Like I would never, dude, you couldn't pay me enough money to uh, endorse Mitt Romney in 2018. I would tell you, bro, I would rather sit out an election than endorse Mitt Romney. Like there's not a, there's not a moment in my entire life where I would even think to do that. And I would never cave or compromise on that, but he did it. Why would he endorse Mitt Romney? Why would he give, I would never give $18 billion to the pharmaceutical industry. Even if the, even if they said you have to do this, or we're going to do this to you, I'd say, do it, bro. I'm not giving $18 billion to that industry. Cause I know if you give $18 billion to that industry, I don't believe good things are going to happen. I believe a lot of people are going to get hurt. That's just my view. So I would never do it. He did it. And then not only did he do all that stuff and help all these people and hire these lobbyists and hire these swampers, but then he ran around conservative media for two years saying that he's the father of the vaccine. He deserves more credit than Fauci. He didn't now all of a sudden doesn't want to talk about vaccine injuries or VAERS reporting. He says it's the greatest achievement of mankind. He says he thinks it saved 100 million lives. He's a demon. Not only do I not like this guy, I think he's evil. I know he's evil. It's not even debatable, but people have created a religion around him where they don't want to see it. If I did what he did, they would say I was evil and nobody would like me. If Candace Owens did what Trump did, they would say she turned and she's a turncoat and they would hate her. If DC Drano did what Trump did, everybody would hate him and say he was evil. If anybody in the Republican Party did what Trump did, everyone would say they're definitely evil. They turned, they're, they're scammers, they're lying about this. Only Trump could get away with it and people still act like he's a moral person or a good leader. Dude, I'm sorry, but I think that a lot of the conservative movement now is like a satanic religion. You know, it's like a demonic religion where they've created a religion around someone who factually and logically doesn't care that much. Is he better than Biden? Sure, you could say that, but it's like, what does that mean? Like, is a, you know, is a serial killer who killed 50 people better than a serial killer who killed 49 people? There's an argument to be made, but that's what the like lesser of two evils means. Like Trump went from being like, really lesser lesser evil to like really evil but maybe slightly lesser to biden and that's the overton window it's like he'll print money and do this and he'll mandate it but he won't and it's like ah, it's getting really it's getting too evil for me like when i like trump from 2016 to 2019 it wasn't that evil like once it got really evil i'm like i might vote for one of these guys but like how come no one wants to point this stuff out it's because a religion was created around it and it's like my job is not to gaslight myself like if i said I, if I took a million dollars from Pfizer and then I said the vaccine was the greatest achievement of mankind and I'm the father of it, you shouldn't act like I was who I was yesterday. It's clear something changed. Like your loyalty should be to God. Your loyalty should be to your country. Your loyalty should be to the truth, your family, and yourself. Not to me, okay? I'm not begging for your loyalty. I want to earn it. And the day that I stop earning it, then you don't have to like what I'm doing. I don't care. You don't teach, you know, tell me that I need to change. And some people say I need to change now, even though I'm right. And I stick to my convictions, not to what people pressure me to do. And, you know, time will tell all. So it's like your conviction should not be to me or to Trump. It should be to God and the truth. And if I did what Trump did, every single one of my supporters would call me out and abandon me. And they should. And that's what I said about Vivek too. It's like, he's a pharmaceutical CEO from a hedge fund guy running mysteriously out of nowhere, like your loyalty should be to God, the truth, common sense, and, and and be a little skeptical, not like you don't need to worship him either, you know? And it's like, he's saying all the right things, but so is Jamie Dimon, the, the, the bank guy. Like, why is Jamie Dimon saying all the right things? He probably wants a job in the Trump administration. Vivek wants a job in the Trump administration. Like say those things and you can get that. A lot of people will do it, but Jamie Dimon is a perfect example. And I'm not, or Dimon, D-I-M-O-M. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. 
from the video I just watched, it's two minutes long. It's all, it's all over the place. Like him saying you should be nicer to MAGA. He seems like a really genuine guy. I'm not saying he's not. He seems super nice. Um, I'm, he could be. I'm just saying like you could find videos of him during Obama and he seems like that exact genuine guy on that side. And now he's the exact genuine guy on this side. And I'm sure if Trump loses the election and he could get a job in Biden's administration, he'll seem like that guy, uh, you know, for like he's he's very charismatic and, and like a thoughtful speaker. So it's like, you know, some people understand that, like you just say that and you can get there. It's worth considering. So, I mean, I it sucks when people get mad at you. It sucks when people that liked you for four years turn on you or what, like all that sucks, but I, it would suck more to lie. Like my, my loyalty is not, if, if Candace Owens said she was the queen of the vaccine and she rushed the vaccine and she gave $18 billion to vaccine manufacturers and she took a million dollars from Pfizer and she said that she saved the world with, and it saved a hundred million lives. I would despise Candace Owens. I actually like Candace Owens as a friend. And to be honest, I'm unbiasedly extremely impressed with her as an influencer. What she said during the Israel-Palestine war is one of the ballsiest things you could possibly do. Literally just being playing, you know, like not doing what everyone else does is hard, is one of the hardest things in the world to do. And she did it. Also, her reporting on the pharmaceutical industry, no one else has done more than her to make people question what's going on. So I consider her one of the realest ones out of anybody outside of who I, but like if she flipped and said that her back she's the queen of vaccines i'm not supposed to pretend like she is who she was a year ago like i would despise her but i don't because she didn't do that i despise donald trump i think he's a demon like the fact that he did that to his audience he took the money he gave him the money he rushed it he claimed more more credit than fauci called himself the father of it and is gaslighting his audience even though they don't believe it like why do you still worship this guy like when america falls and when this country falls, when this movement falls, and when the future gets bleaker for your kids and your kids' kids' kids, it's earned. It's not just the left. All these other controlled opposition people want you to make it, it believe it's just the left so you take no accountability. Like If things go downhill from here, you can thank every MAGA worshiper who let Trump be a demon with no accountability for it, and you never even called him out or, or, or even attempted to, to a boo for a second and then a cheer, and he knows he's got you wrapped around his finger. Like, you know? I'm an optimistic person, but not only do I not think America is going to get better, uh, I don't think it should get better. I want it to, but it's not the reality. I want to, you know, join the NBA, but I'm too old and I'm not good enough at basketball. It's like what I want and what happens are two different things. I want America to be good, but I don't think it's going to get better for multiple reasons. One, the left is insane. Two, uh, the right is is horrific. I think the Republican Party under Trump is crazier than the Democrats were 20 years ago. And three, just demographic shift is going to change the country. Like Dearborn, Michigan is not going to look or be the same uh, as it is now that it was 40 years ago. It's just some things will change. Some things will change for the better. Some things will change for the worse. But, uh, you know, I, I don't see this country like getting better anytime soon, in my opinion. Um, and, it, and it sucks, but it's like I don't. I don't think we deserve it because I think the, the Republican movement is wicked. I think people have been deceived by the father of the vaccine and, you know, you don't deserve results like, and you know, the bankers and, and people who actually run the country, they'll decide when things get better anyway, in some forms, it's like, if they want it to get better under Trump, it'll probably get better. If they don't, it'll probably get worse. If they want 
you know, Biden to win and make everything look good, it might even be good. If they want Trump to win and make it look bad for him, like, you know, they'll make either one of them into the hero, the villain, or the fall guy when they want to. So I'm not even going to stress over it. Someone said, well, he was good for immigration. Here's the thing about the Overton window. A court, uh, against Biden, Trump was good on mandates because Biden was so bad. But overall, if you look at the whole scope of who Trump was with the pharmaceutical industry, I would say he's like the most corrupt president in modern history with some of the scams that he did. Like, I, I think he's disgusting, but he's better than Biden. That's all you can really say. But in comparison to normal and good and evil, he's evil. When it comes to immigration, he was better than Biden. But if you look at the people coming across the border under Trump, he actually didn't really do that good of a job. He only did a good job because they ramped it up. It's like if if the illegal immigration trains on two and then it's on three under Trump, they turned it up to six and he did a half ass job and now they turned it up to 10. He's only he's only better than Biden because six is better than 10. But if you look, he actually deported less people than Obama. And it's not because he didn't couldn't or whatever. He didn't want to his his people that work for him told told uh, Steve Diaz's show that Trump called off deportations. Like he didn't want to look bad. Trump's like a New York City liberal who cares more about impressing his pharmaceutical friends than he cares about you. He says it all the time. My Democrat friends say I saved the world. I shouldn't even tell my supporters. Like he literally thinks you guys are nothing. Like he's he, he doesn't care about you. He's like, well, my vaccine saved 100 million lives because my Democrat friends told me, but I can't tell my supporters because they'll get mad at me. So I, he just sits in elite rooms with Democrats and talks about how great the vaccine was because that's what, who he is. But in general, he was calling off deportations. He deported less people than Obama. Is he better than Trump? Absolutely. I mean, I'm sorry, is he better than Biden? Absolutely. But it's only because the Overton window has shifted. Illegal immigration went from one to two to three to four. Trump started talking about it. Then it went to six. Then they started throwing caravans at the border and Trump did a half-assed job of deporting people. And now it's at 10. So yeah, you want to go back to six, but that's how the elites win. It's like, you know, illegal immigration will stop when they want it to stop. When the, when the elites realize, or the bankers or the people that, the lobbyists and the people that control both sides, uh, when they decide that America's had enough, you've had enough. Has nothing to do with even Trump or Biden. If Trump wins, they could probably send a thousand caravans to the border and and not allow him to stop it. And then he'll probably like deport half the people because he feels bad or something. And and one of them had a MAGA head on. It's like if Biden wins, they just flood the border and there's nothing you can do. I'm not trying to tell people to feel hopeless, but it's like I'm hoping that the bankers and the elites and the lobbyists they don't want illegals anymore because there's too many. You know, like that's what I'm. I'm not like oh Trump's gonna fix it. It's like I I hope they've had enough because when they have enough, then it'll stop. It's like with the lockdowns. The the fake narrative that people are saying is that Trump that uh you know Trump rushed the vaccine to end the lockdowns. It makes no sense. First of all, you don't rush a vaccine to end a lockdown. If you think you should end a lockdown with a vaccine, you deserve to be locked down and deserve to be triple vaccinated. With that being said, um, rushing the vaccine helped the pharmaceutical industry. If it would have taken four or five years, like Trump said it was going to take. You wouldn't even want a vaccine in five years because the whole illusion of fear and all this stuff is going to be gone. So he didn't. He helped the pharmaceutical industry. He helped the lobbyists. He helped Pfizer, Moderna. Nothing about him rushing the vaccine helped you or stopped the lockdown. Two, the lockdowns were still going after the vaccine. It was a head fake. Here's the vaccine. You're out. Three weeks later, they put people back inside and put their mask on them in Democrat states. So it didn't end the lockdown. The lockdowns ended when the elites realized that they couldn't do it anymore. It was like, they didn't even want to stop. It's like New York City and, and, and California lost, I think a trillion dollars to 
states like Florida, they lost businesses and they lost travel. When Florida's open and other countries are open and nobody wants to go to Los Angeles because it's not free, you're just losing money. So Gavin, the, the vaccine had nothing to do with the lockdowns ending. Gavin Newsom decided and the weirdo in New York decided we're losing so much money that we have to open the state or else our state's going to fall apart. That's why they opened it. So when it comes to illegal immigration, I would like to think that Trump could stop it. But I really think I'm just hoping the bankers and the elites and the people who really control Trump and Biden, I'm hoping they don't want any more illegal immigration. Like they have enough jobs or whatever, or like the demographics are good enough for them to win or something, you know, because they'll stop it when they want to stop it. It's like, oh, well, this happened. It's like, well, this, you know, it's like a game. It's like, well, Obama's in and this happened and Trump's in and mysteriously COVID happened and the lockdown's open and the border's open and there's a caravan. It's like, you know, now it's like hopefully they want it to stop because when they want it to stop, Trump will listen and Biden will probably listen. It's like, you you know, like do the elites really want to destroy America more? Like, can, can we please make New York City good again and, and San Francisco? I hope the bankers look at this stuff and they're like, all right, that's enough suffering. You know, like let's 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 clean up the cities again. That That's my goal. So we'll see. Someone said Trump's buddy gruesome kept his winery open. Yeah, and Trump smiled with him the whole time. He even says now he won't hit Gavin Newsom because Gavin Newsom's nice to him. They're friends. And I mean, if you look at their relationships and stuff, isn't Gavin's former wife like married to Don Jr. now? It's like, I'm not saying that means anything, but that's, I don't know, like Trump's friends with Gavin Newsom. They marry the same people. You know, they can't, he can't hit Gavin Newsom, but he could hit, try to kick Thomas Massey out of the party. These people are actors, you know, it's, it is what it is. I'm just, my goal is to not get too stressed over it. And, uh, you know, it's just like, take it lightly. Cause I'm not, that's what annoys me about like Tim and Dan Mangino and stuff. And I'm not saying Dan's a bad person. I'm just saying they just make people outraged. They're like the left and violence is coming. Like literally like the titles of his like uh podcast are like psychotic. And he's just like, but they're not actually getting to the bottom of the problem. And if you get closer to actually fixing these problems, Dan Bongino will call you names and, and Tim Poole will scream at you and tell you to shut up. So it's like, I don't even know if they know they're doing it. I'm not saying they're bad people, but it's like, I'm trying to free people from this mental prison that they're being put in because they're freaking out all the time. Is my, is my message to people freak out? It's like, no, take it lightly. You know what I'm saying? Whatever happens, deal with it and don't freak out about it. You know, enjoy yourself. Try to try to joke about, like make the most of it. It's not like, freaking you out all the time. That's the part that bothers me is they're freaking you out, but they're not fixing the problems. And with, uh, you know, Jamie Diamond or whatever, it's like, he's friends with Obama, you know, now he's friends with Trump. It's like, is that a good thing? I'm not saying it's bad, but it's like a banker doesn't care. Like bankers don't care if Trump wins. Trump's not a threat to the banks. Biden's not a threat to the banks. The banks are the banks. They don't care. You know, it's whatever. It's like the NBA commissioner. Do they really care who wins the, 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 the championship? They probably, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, Adam Silver would probably win. Um, he'd probably rather the team that makes the most money win, but whoever wins, he still makes money. I think it's the perfect analogy. Like would the NBA rather like the Lakers win or some team with a huge uh, fan base, the Golden State Warriors? Sure. But if the Trailblazers win somehow or the Denver Nuggets win, Adam Silver is all right. You know, he's not going to lose his job. So that's like the banks. Like, do the banks probably want Biden to win? Possibly. 
you know, probably, but they don't care if Trump wins. And the same with the war. Like, do do the warmongers want Biden or Nikki Haley to win? Probably, but if Trump wins, they might prefer him because if they need to start a war with Iran, Trump would start the war more than Biden would start the war. But Biden would probably start the war anyway, you know? Although Trump does show signs in that department, that's why people like him. With, um, you know, with uh, Putin, Trump never would like badmouth Putin, but he did like sanction them and 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 do more to them than even like uh, I think Biden did at a certain point. But his rhetoric was good. That's why it's so confusing because like you listen to Trump and his rhetoric is like so good. He's like, you know, Putin's not the only killer. There's a lot of killers out there, and you're like, damn, dude, Trump is the realest one. Like his rhetoric is so good. But then if you look at his sanctions and stuff, it's like in many ways he sanctioned Russia more than other presidents did. So it's like that's how I feel about like Vivek. His rhetoric is like nearly perfect. Um, but he, I, you get what I'm saying? When I see a video of you in 2021 and you say, I, I cried. I, you're like, I cried when I saw the Capitol riots. I cried. A year or two ago, he was an actor who said he cried. And now he's on stage with Trump saying 1776. If that's not a red flag to you, I don't know what to tell you. And I say this stuff to people. It's like, I don't even care if people hate me. Consider what I'm saying, because I don't want to see Trump supporters get set up at another Fed trap. And I'm not saying they're going to do it. But when you go to crying over January 6th to screaming 1776 on a stage, like to me, it's just like, it's like a, it's like a acting thing, you know, like. I'm on I'm I'm on the news and I, I want to look like I'm a good boy in the pharmaceutical industry. So I cried over January 6th. I cried. It's just so sad this is happening to our democracy. One year later, it's like 1776 will commence again. <laughs> it's like this is not a natural progression. It's like someone, it's the same as like Jamie Dimon loving Obama and now Jamie Dimon loving Trump. It's like they just play, you know rich people just play both sides you know like oh, who, who do i gotta be today to do and some of it's like non-nefarious but when it comes to like i actually trust jamie diamond more than i trust vivek ramaswamy because and i'm not saying he's like your hero but it's like jamie diamond's a banker it's not his job like it's not his job to be a democrat or a republican he's a banker bankers bank so if he compliments obama and now he likes trump He's less nefarious than Vivek for doing that because he's a banker. Vivek is pretending to be a Republican. Like he's he's lobbying for a vice presidential position. Like, you know, Jamie Dimon's just like, I'm a banker. I just bank, you know, and like, and I'm not saying he's like your best friend. I'm just saying like Vivek is not pretending to like play both sides. He's pretending to be like exactly like you, a one-sided guy. But a year and a half ago, he was crying over January 6th, but playing both sides of it. I cried because it's so terrible, but big tech did this. It's like, you know, did you cry? I'll tell you what, I didn't cry. I didn't I didn't cry when Trump won. I didn't cry when Biden won. I didn't cry at January 6. I didn't I you know, I like I didn't cry when they locked the country down cuz I don't just cry over like world events. I didn't cry when they started a war with Ukraine, although it's really sad. I didn't cry when what happened, like when Israel and Palestine fought each other, although that's also really sad, you know, and I get people who did cry over that because it actually makes more sense to cry over that because people are dying. So if you did cry over that and you know somebody there, or you cried over that because you have a house there or something that like that makes sense. But like a grown man who's a pharmaceutical CEO crying over January 6th, like it doesn't really check out. I, I'd, 
I'd have more respect for a Ukrainian who cried over the war or an Israeli or a Palestinian who cried over that war, not like a hedge fund guy who cried over January 6th. Like that doesn't check out to me. But, you know, like this is how easy it is to flatter and fool MAGA. It's like when I say this stuff too, obviously I have my opinions, but it's like funny to me because it's like I don't care really who wins. I, I think they're all phony, but I'll probably vote for Trump with the hopes that he'll build the wall um, or whatever. But with that being said, but it, my vote doesn't even matter in California. My local vote matters, but I live in California. I don't, if I lived in Pennsylvania, I'd think about it a lot more seriously, but it is what it is. Like even people are in the comments, cry me river. I'm not crying. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at MAGA and I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's like you pretend to like Trump. And then there's a guy who said he cried on January 6th, which is your biggest gripe with Trump's last vice president, but you want that guy to be vice president. And then you get mad at me when I say something like, it's funny to me. It reminds me of Tom and Jerry or like the, the, the Three Stooges. Like I like the Three Stooges. They like hit each other and like, boom, 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 boom. like that's like the Trump movement to me now. It sucks because I don't want people to do this, but I'd rather laugh than get mad at it. Like you're tripping over your own feet and getting mad at me. It's like, what, like what, what, what results do you think? I don't get, I don't get it. Cry is a river. And I'm like, I, like can I fight him? I'm not trying to fight. Vive Are you talking about Vivek? Why would I? I'm not trying to fight him. I don't even hate him or anything. It's just like, I don't trust him, but I don't care anymore because I don't trust Trump either. So it's like, you know, that's, that's like, I call it a, you know, that's circus for the masses or I call it the cat, the great cattle battle. It's a great terminology. Like the elites literally think that you're cattle. And I'm not saying that that's right. I believe that all humans are human beings and you should treat people with respect and you should be a godly person. But that's not how everybody thinks. It's like, just because you think that way doesn't mean everyone thinks that way. The elites, they think that you're cattle. So when I believe that they control both sides of politics, I call the election the great cattle battle. You know, it's it's a, it's going to be a great cattle battle between Trump and Biden. It's they're both nearing 80 years old or over 80 years old. They both are pharmaceutical shills. They both, uh, you know, are not a threat to the banks, but everybody thinks that they're like fighting someone. So it's going to be an interesting cattle battle. I just think it's funny that the hedge fund pharmaceutical guy who cried on January 6th and wrote a book that, uh, you know, that Trump is a sore loser like Stacey Abrams, the same people who cried about Mike Pence not being loyal on January 6th are going to choose somebody who literally had the opposite opinion on January 6th and wrote a, tr a book that Trump was a sore loser. Like, I don't care about that. I don't agree with Trump's narrative. I don't believe half the crap that everybody says. I don't care. It's like, you're acting like, I, I don't care. I just think it's hilarious. Like, it would be like if you like somebody, but then you did something that was horrible for them and, and you're like, oh, screw you. And I'm like, you can do that. I don't care as much as you should. Like, You should want to put a loyalist in at that position who has proven over four years that they are loyal to Trump. I don't think that way. You think that way. But your actions don't even line up to how you think. Like if you said, I want a loyalist, let's put Kerry Lake there. I want a loyalist. Let's put, you know, Matt Getz there. I want a loyalist. Let's put Mike Lindell there. Let's put Elise Stefanik there, who's a total establishment phony. And I bet you that that's who Trump picks. I bet you that he picks Elise Stefanik and she is not anti-establishment and she is not outside the system. She is as she's as political as Kevin McCarthy times three. And that's who Trump's probably going to pick for vice president, by the way. But anyway, it's like if you were worried about another January 6th situation and you wanted someone loyal, why would you pick a guy who cried on it and wrote a book saying Trump was wrong? It doesn't make any sense, but that's MAGA. They don't make any sense anymore. That's why I can't be, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's just like a, a foolish 
religion based around Trump where nobody thinks anymore. Like it's, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, you know, you know what, you know, what was the thing that ruined, uh, Trump? It's like, what ruined Trump? Uh, you know, COVID ruined Trump. Really? Who, who, who got you, who, who tricked you guys? The, 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 you know, Fauci, the pharmaceutical industry, they really got us. Okay. And, and why do you not like Mike Pence? Oh, cause he didn't have Trump's back on January 6th. Okay. So who do you guys want to be the vice president? Uh, the, the pharmaceutical CEO who, who was literally doing pharma deals in 2020, who said he cried on January 6th and wrote a book in 2022 that Trump's a sore loser like Stacey Abrams and Mike Pence did the right thing. Like, do you guys not realize that you've become a mockery of yourself? It's an embarrassing movement. It's embarrassing. I'm trying to help you. I, you know, like, you don't make any sense. Like, the thing that threw off Trump's presidency and the number one talking point that you hate about Mike Pence, you're picking a guy who came out of nowhere from that industry, who has already proven that he'll flip flop on the thing that's supposed to be the most. It's like, it's literally like, it's as funny to me as like a liberal. Like liberals are funny to me because they make no sense. It's that's like MAGA now. They don't realize that how far they've fallen. Like nothing makes sense anymore. And it's kind of comedic. It's like, how do you not see that? How, how am I the only one who sees it? And I don't even care enough like to even care who he picks. My bet is that, and I've said this for weeks or months or perhaps even a year now, I don't know. Trump's going to pick Elise Stefanik. He wants a woman. He said it, or, or, or his campaign has said it multiple times. Why would Trump want a woman? Because Democrat, I mean, lib, uh, conservatives are liberals. They don't bring people on based on merit. It's like, whose dick can you ride? Whose donor money can you suck? And that's how the whole party operates. It's all fake. And then they go, well, we want a woman of color. Or we want a woman or we want this person. It's like, isn't that what you complain about in the left? Like pick a black guy because he's the best guy. Pick a woman because she's the best for the job. If you go out and say, I want a woman, what you're telling us is you're not picking someone because of the content of their character. You're picking them because you want the gender to win the election. Like they're, they're, they're the same thing as liberals. They're literally like almost indistinguishable in every category. They just like say catchphrases. Dude, there's a, there's a tweet by Vivek the other day that almost looked like a computer malfunction. Hold on. I'm going to read it because it's like hilarious. Um, he tweeted something and it was like a catch for Like I was like, is the, is the, is the chat GPT malfunctioning? Like it, it cracked me up because it's like so not like, uh, it's like, I was like, what? Let me find it. Here it is. He tweeted, there are two genders and no, a man cannot be a woman. I Iowa, I'm asking for your vote tonight. American flag. This is all one tweet, by the way. It said, there are two genders and no, a man cannot become a woman. Iowa, I'm asking for your vote tonight. It's like, <laughs> it's like a computer algorithm to figure out what people like. Patriots, a man cannot be a woman. Vote for me. Um, there are only two genders. Vote for me. Um, you know, we'll lessen the spending, even though we won't vote for me. It's like at least break them up into two tweets or else I'm going to think it's it's just funny. Um, two genders based, based in red pilled. You know, let's uh, Tim Pool, let's forget about the COVID thing. It's like and then Tejas is like, we're working on a, a plan for the next pandemic. It's called disease X. Disease X is a disease that hypothetically can come in the future and it will you know, be very bad and we have a plan for that disease X 
and the um, disease X, I mean, you could even say that COVID is the first disease X. And then Tim's like, breaking news, disease X, that's a headline. I want to cover that. Wow, 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 wow. It's like, dude, two days ago, you said to forget about it. And then it's a headline. He's like, headline, money, 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 money. Tim is like if a diglet popped out of the ground and just started sucking money up instead of like being a Pokemon. And the funniest thing too is like Tim was trying to cover up the NYC tunnel story and I've been calling him Diglett for weeks. Do you see how this all just falls in line? And I don't even mean for it to be this witty. I've been calling Tim Diglett because I think he looks like the Pokemon Diglett with a beanie. Had nothing to do with the New York City tunnels or, 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 or the Hasidics that were digging or paying illegals to dig. I don't know what was going on over there. Um, like I, I wasn't even relating those two things and they all come together. It's like now, you know, Tim is covering for them and be like, oh, maybe they did it for COVID based. And it's like, maybe it's because Tim is Diglett and he also can sympathize with them digging underground. So he just immediately defaults for making up fake lies for them. Cause you know, he, he like, he like has like a connection to like, uh, people that dig a lot or something, you know, it's like, it's, there's something there, you know, I don't know what it is, but it always just works out for me. Like, I don't even think about that. And then it just happens. Um, here's what I will say about like, cause this is one thing that pissed me off about Alex Jones too, is he was trying to scare everybody with like a COVID and stuff. What I would say is like, just don't be af like, don't be afraid of disease X. Do not fear. You do not want to fear. You know, I'm not the perfect Christian, but it's like fear doing the wrong thing. You know, you should fear doing the wrong thing. Don't fear doing the right thing. That's the problem with society. Everybody fears doing the right thing because the world is so evil. So when you do the right thing, everyone gets mad at you. So then you just do the wrong thing to fit in. Fear God, fear doing evil. Don't, you know, don't fear doing the right thing, but don't fear a virus. You know, don't you, like being afraid of it is not going to help you any. Uh, and I would say be concerned and aware of the government response to it because the government response to this stuff is going to be crazier than the thing itself you know as a wise man once said trump he once said that you know let's not make it the response worse than the virus and it's like that's a good point he's filled with them it's just like words and actions unfortunately it didn't always add up completely but is what it is um does Mali like the cartels i don't know but when it comes to foreign countries, like I don't badmouth cartels because like I don't want to have to fear for my life when I go out of uh you know this the country. But also, it's not even like a cowardly thing. Like I'm focused on my country. I'm not like gonna run Argentina. So it's like I you know like if there are cartels in Argentina, they're probably really powerful. And and like my solution for my laptop or whatever is not gonna translate so it's like you know there's some countries like like people in america are like oh we got to get rid of the cartels in mexico it's like when they come across the border and do illegal stuff and hurt our people it's within our right to do something but this idea that we should wage war on the cartels do you realize how bad mexico and america would be if we did that like they run some of these cities like some of the cities are only sort of kept together because of the cartels it's like when we go to libya and we're like we don't like Gaddafi. Every country is not like America. Every country doesn't have American people that act how you want them to act. So you can't just go to Libya and kill Gaddafi and expect it to be good. It got worse. You know, everything gets worse when America goes and tries to like interfere because they're not even really trying to help. They're trying to do something else. But anyway, you know, I love America. I'm just saying. So when it comes to like the cartels, 
I'm going to let Malik do his thing. Is he working with him? Is he not working with him? It's not my business. You know, he's the president of Argentina. He's got to deal with the cartels. I wish him luck either way. But like America, uh, the I think it's like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Dan Crenshaw, DeSantis, Vivek, all of them. Here's an interesting thing. Oh, they're all so different. Why does Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I like, but why does she have the same policy as Dan Crenshaw? the biggest neocon in the world. Why does Trump say the same thing? Why does DeSantis say the same thing? Why does Vivek say the same thing? Do you know what they're all saying? We should label cartel groups terrorists and invade Mexico and fight them in Mexico. That's insane. If they come across the border, you're allowed to do whatever you want. But entire cities in Mexico are kept together by the big cartels. There are smaller cartels, which are even more violent and insane. And if you get rid of the big cartels, it's like other countries, like you fund a rebel group to do this, another rebel group takes over, they start killing everybody. It's like, dude, the problems in Mexico would probably times 50 if we got rid of the cartels, in my view. I don't think it's our business. I don't, I think it's crazy with our track record to even think about doing that. It's insane. Like, oh, we're gonna go to Venezuela and make it into a good country. If you could do that, why don't you make San Francisco into a good country? It sucks. I know it's a city, but I'm just saying, it's like, if you can if you can fix Venezuela, how come you can't fix Chicago? If you can fix Venezuela and, and Mexico, how come you can't fix San Francisco? If you could fix this, how come you can't fix New York City? How come Maryland and Baltimore is insane? Like you can't fix any American city, but you're going to fix a Mexican city that's run by a cartel? Bullshit. They're just going to do what their puppet masters want them to do cuz they're all the same. Even Vivek, it's like, dude, I don't even want to talk about it. It's so obvious. But anyway, it's like you can do stuff when they come across the border. You can do stuff when they're infiltrating your country. But like, why would you try to dismantle an entire, like that would literally destabilize Mexico. And then we'd have way more illegal immigrants and it would be like a disaster. But it's like, oh, we're, we're so against Dan Crenshaw, yet we all mysteriously have his foreign policy. It's like, why? Ah, it's so annoying. So with Malia, let listen, I personally don't think Malia is going to pan out. I personally think he's going to fall short, and I think he's a global puppet. I think in no way, shape, or form is he uh, is he a threat to the elites. I think Mali, the libertarian from Argentina, I think he is a puppet of the elites. However, I wish him luck. It's his country. I'm not like I'm not going to micromanage what he does. He is, I believe, a libertarian at heart. He's proven that with his speeches and you know the way he talks. I do think he has libertarian libertarian values, and I, I I do want that country to be better. Um, I just don't believe him, but give him a shot. You know, let's see what he does. I'm rooting for him. I'd love for him to crush whoever he says he's going to crush. I don't know. You know, make the economy better. Make yeah, he is a wild guy. He's I like wild people though. I you know I like that he's kind of crazy. Like he's definitely like weird. You know, I like I like weird sometimes, but. I just don't like believe in him. And then people get mad and they're like, you need to believe. I'm like, I don't. The first thing he did was come to America, visit a, a religious grave and then have lunch with Bill Clinton. And then he flew to the foreign country that mysteriously definitely doesn't control American politics. Like that alone, it's just like, I wish you luck, but I don't, you know, like imagine if like a leader from Africa is like, I'm an outsider. And you're like, all right. And the first thing they do is like fly to America and meet with Bill Clinton. It's like, <laughs> like I'd be like based. It's like, dude, that's kind of weird. I mean, it doesn't mean he's not going to do anything, but it's just, it's just kind of like a funny first move. He's like, I just won my election. Let me have lunch with Bill Clinton. You're like, okay. Would that make you feel good? 
if that's like the first thing a foreign leader did is like fly to America and meet with Bill Clinton, that's a crazy first move. Like, dude, he's a wild, like, <laughs> but I'm a bad guy for noticing, dude. That, that's so funny. Like if I'm like, if I like, if, if I uh, became president and I just like flew to like eat with like Macron and then I flew back and had lunch with Bill Clinton, would you be like, oh yeah, he's going to fight the elites. Like, I'd, I don't know, but I'm the bad guy, right? It's like, give him a shot. I'm giving him a shot. I wish him the best. I hope, you know, he, he definitely has libertarian ideals, you know, it's, it is interesting to see if libertarianism could work, you know, if he actually can apply it. And to, to be fair, I think Mali has done more, more libertarian conservative things in Argentina in five days than Trump did in four years. Like all the libertarians are like, he's done more already than Trump already had. And then like he did, like, if you look at, instead of like pretending to do stuff, he actually just like fired off a bunch of executive orders. Like he down, he is sort of downsizing their government for now. Although I think he's going to give it to America and Israel and then it's going to be in our hands, which I'm American. I don't care. You can give us our country. It's not going to bother me. Maybe the petrodollar will go up. I'll be richer. But in general, you know, like, he actually did fire off some uh, some executive orders that actually did libertarian stuff. Someone said, am I a Navy SEAL? No. Um, kind of, it would be cool if I did. That would show discipline and, you know, honor and, and all these things. But no, I'm not a Navy SEAL. Uh, someone said, sorry to tell you, but Christian nationalist is an oxymoron. Well, you don't have to be sorry to tell me because I've never like considered myself that or called myself that name. I know some people do, but like, I don't, I don't know. You're not going to like offend me with a label. Like I've never said I'm a Christian nationalist. Like I'm not, it's, it's like these words, what do they, I know what Christian means, but like you say these things and then these people aren't even these things. Like I'm a liberal. Like, what does that mean? I'm, I, I believe in free speech and now I hate free speech. Now I wear a mask. You, you can't be liberal unless you get 15 vaccines. It's like, well then I'm not a liberal. And then like you go to like uh, people, they're like, I'm a nationalist and they don't even like this country. They sell us out to other countries. So it's like, I know what those words are supposed to mean, but when everyone calling themselves that aren't that, then it's like, I don't, you know, I don't want to identify as that anyway, because I'm embarrassed. So um, do I have a Virginia rating, a VA rating? What does that mean? Veterans affairs? I'm not a veteran. I, I don't know why you want me to be so bad. I mean, I wish that was part of my story. I think that's cool. If I like served in Iraq or I served our military, I think it's a very honorable thing to do. Um, but no, I do not. I mean, you could keep pretending like I do though. That's fine. All right. I'm going to answer one more and I'm going to leave. Someone said anomaly flexing those arms. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to like, I had like a little thing there, but anyway, no, I'm not, this was not like a purposeful, like, yeah, I'm going to flex and show people how strong I am. It's just like, I wore this shirt and then I came live. Stop stealing valor. I've never once said I was in the military. Never once. Not not once has that ever happened. I've never said I was in the military. I've never claimed I was in the military. I never said I was a Navy SEAL or an Army member. Not once in my entire life have I ever said that. So I'm not stealing valor. I've, no one thinks that I've been in the military. I mean, does anyone has? I don't know anybody that's watched me for a while. Do you think that? Do you think that I'm in the military? I've never said that, so I don't know why you would think that. But trust me, if I was in it, I would t talk about it all the time. I think it's pretty cool. I'd be like, I'm a real patriot. I served in this military. You can't tell me shit. But I've never said that. I was like, I used to, I used to deliver groceries, and you know, <laughs> I used to be a cashier at a supermarket. That, that's my story.
Why am I even addressing it? I don't know. I'm three hours and 13 minutes into a live stream. I shouldn't even be here. What else should you really talk about? The Valor thing is for somebody in the chat. Oh, you guys are arguing with each other. That's how I know I've been here too long. All right. So thank you guys. God bless you. God bless your family. God bless America. God bless the world. Let me know what you think in the comment section. I have a bunch of clips that I, I, I uh, filmed with my friend, Andrew. We reacted to the Sean Strickland thing. We reacted to other stuff. Um, and I'm going to put those out throughout the next week. So I think I'm going to try to take a break from live streaming so I could get other work done. Let me know if you like the clips I did. I like Andrew says he used to work for Rebel News. He works. I think he's a writer for Blaze now. I like him. I think we're a good duo. He's a, he gets news stories. He writes news stories. He compiles them. He explains them good. I like him. I think he's a good person. And I think he's a, he, he strives for accuracy. Like that's a big thing with me. Um, I think we make a good duo where pers personalities are different, but I think it meshes well. And he's like very, um, you know, I think he strives on being very accurate and honest and uh, I've always liked him. So I'm going to keep putting those clips out. Let me know if you like the duo and uh, we're going to do like five, six clips a week to try to just do more content. He's like a good person to work with. So let me know. And I'll just let you know when it comes to the UFC fights this weekend, I like Sean Strickland and I like Drickus Duplessis. This is for people who actually care, but that's the main fight. I think they're they're two great guys. I was going to say two great Caucasians because it's funny. You know, they're, they are like, he's like a white South African and like Sean Strickland's like just like a white American, just like, you know, slanging it however he sees it. I just think it's like a funny dynamic. Not that it matters, but it is like, you know, uh, anyway. I like them both. I think that Sean is very funny and authentic, but he's also very like trolly and and like hard, you know, like just says whatever he thinks. I think that um Drickus Duplessis is very honorable. He's very smart. He's very um, you know, he loves his people of South Africa. And I just like I think he's like a very genuine guy. I like them both a lot. I want Drickus Duplessis to win, and I think Drickus Duplessis is going to win. This is my unofficial prediction. I don't like giving predictions for fights, but this is I'm going to throw this out there and see if it ages well. I'll tell you why I think he's going to win, and then I'll tell you why I want him to win, even though I like Sean Stricken a lot. I think Drickus is going to win because um, Sean did really well against Israel Adesanya. Israel is kind of a counter striker, and Sean did like fought perfectly, but Drickus goes for it, and a lot of people forget that Sean, you know, he doesn't win every fight, but like, it's not like he's fought that way against everybody. I just think styles make fights and that was a good matchup for it. You know, I think, uh, Drickus really wants to win way worse than, uh, than, than Sean wants to win. I don't think Sean even really cares about winning and Drickus wants to win so bad for his people of South Africa. And I think he's going to win for that reason. And also just his style. I think he's going to knock Strickland out in the second or third round, possibly. Uh, if not, it might not go well for him, but we'll see. I think Drickus is going to win. I want him to win because, um, you know, I've always liked Sean. I've liked Sean before a lot of people did, and I support him. I like when he speaks his mind, but I just don't like he was being a little hypocritical. And, uh, you know, I don't like the hypocrisy, and I think he kind of played himself a little. If you guys watch any clips about Sean Strickland, people love him because he speaks his mind. He talks shit. He makes fun of liberals. He asks people if their dad touched them and stuff. Like, he goes way too far, but I don't consider anything too far. I think he's funny and very honest. Um, with that being said, you know, he's made fun of other people. He's made fun of their family. He's made fun of them. He's made jokes about, you know, dads touching people. Like, he's gone the distance on every topic with everybody, personal childhood stuff. He's done it all, right? Don't care. Um, Drickus Duplessis said, 
something about I'm gonna beat you like you were beaten or whatever, which is super messed up. And I'm not saying it's good. And I'm not saying Sean doesn't have a reason to be mad. And, and you know, he basically threatened to like said, I'll stab you or I'll kill you. If you ever say that again, drink that crossed the line and you should never cross that line. And I don't like, I understand that because it is a really messed up thing to say. Um, but then he came in a press conference and he says, you know, the reason that Drickus can't joke about that is because I only joke about things that people make public and they joke about themselves, which he's being a total phony. Like Sean has joked about it himself. Sean has made it public. So he's not even making sense. And, you know, the truth is like, I, I mean, it sucks, but it's like, that's a really sensitive topic for Sean. And I think that he jokes about it constantly because it's, it's, it's like very hurtful. Like it's a really sad thing that happened. And he's kind of just joking about it and being crazy about it because like it's it's a way to like cover it up, but it does really affect him. And I understand about it. He cried on Theo Vaughn's podcast. Like it's a very personal topic. And I'm not saying that it didn't cross the line, but he's crossed the line with everyone every time. And it's like if you cross 20 different lines and you kind of bully people and then someone crosses your line and you say you're going to threaten to kill them and that, that that's crossing the line. To me, it's just like it kind of like blows open his whole persona. And it, and it makes him kind of a phony, but I still like him. I still think he's authentic. I still, you know, hope he does well, but that's my official prediction. And that's just like, you know, my personal thing. It's like, I'll have your back if you say anything about anyone, as long as you're being genuine. But if you act like you can say it about anyone's family, you could say it about anyone's childhood. You can say that about anyone, but they can't say it about you. You know, it just kind of makes you a phony. So I think a lot of people see that, but, uh, you know, he's going to be popular anyway, because, He's just super authentic and super real. But that's just me as a fan of his who still wants him to do well. Um, you know, it's that sort of stuff where it's like you kind of lose me a little bit. But hes I still like his interviews. I still, you know, I'm rooting for both of them. I just like both fighters and I want him to do well. That's my late stream analysis of that just because it's so long into a stream. And we'll see if it we'll see if it pans out. I think Drickus is going to beat him. He cares more and uh, his style doesn't match well with Sean's. But we'll see. Let me know. God bless you. Have a good day and uh, I'll be back soon. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com. Check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me, support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the dreamrare.com shop and patreon.com slash rare talk. So thank you guys for keeping this show free, unimpeded, uninterrupted. I'm forever grateful. My free email list is stayintouchwithme.com. So check the links below in the description or just type in on any browser, stayintouchwithme.com, all one word. You'll find my email list, put it in there, and it's the least annoying email list you'll ever be on. I barely use it because I don't like getting emailed every day or every week week it's annoying so I don't do it. Stay in touch with me.com. It helps me take back some power away from big tech. Telegram t.me slash dreamrarechat or at dreamrarechat. Due to censorship, I post all my live stream and videos there. Sometimes I have some bonus content and I try to give people a heads up when Facebook or YouTube won't. Dreamrarechat at Telegram. My Instagram is at dreamrare. Thanks for everybody following there for shorter content. And dreamrarelinks.com. That's dreamrarelinks.com. Has all my stuff. My podcast on Spotify, Apple, podcast, my music on Spotify and Apple, my Rumble page, my BitChute and Gab page. All my links are found at dreamrarelinks.com. Thanks for watching, folks. God bless you. You already know I'll be back with more content.